Well, James, before we do anything, we have had probably the worst news possible starting off the year. And that is a man who was recently inducted into the WNR Hall of Fame alongside Alex Wright's penis. Yeah, I, I should apologise for that, really. I didn't realise you were going to go so serious with your pick. And I had uh, chosen Alex Wright first. But yes, Dan, the other man featuring the WNR Hall of Fame. But yes, and that is mean, by God, Gene has passed away. And there have been so many emotional tributes to him. On Twitter, it has been overwhelming and been, was a legend. Yeah, well, I think the thing first, Dan, is uh, just about you, really, because you picked him to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, you've been a huge fan of me, Gene Oakland. I mean, how have you been feeling this this past week? Well, it's it's been hard, but I've made no bones about it, but I think me, Gene, was probably the best voice in WWE. And, you know, it is, it is tough, but... You know, with all the support of my Twitter family and you, of course, yeah. you know, it would be a long road, but I'll get there. You'll get there. So, uh, yeah, so first up, WWE uh, released a statement. They say, WWE stand to learn that WWE Hall of Famer, Mean Gene Oakland, the most recognisable interviewer in sports entertainment history, has passed away at the age of 76. Well, Mean Gene, as he was named by fellow Minnesotan Jesse the Body Ventura, First came to prominence as an interviewer in American Wrestling Association. In 1984, Oakland made the move to WWE when I was the superstars. He asked the tough questions too, including Macho Man Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior and perhaps Oakland's greatest guest, Hulk Hogan. Countless Hulkster interviews included the inedible phrase, indelible phrase, Well, you know something, Mean Gene? As the respected and reliable man behind the microphone in WWE, Oakland branched out from interviewing and provided ringside commentary and hosted several shows, including All American Tuesday Night Titans, Wrestling Challenge, and Primetime Wrestling. Well, announcing wasn't all Oakland could do with the microphone. He performed the national anthem at the first WrestleMania in 1985. Later that year, Oakland would sing Tootie Fruity on WWE's The Wrestling Album. Now, if you haven't heard it, listen to this right now. I mean, that is just brilliant, Dan. You know, what a voice he had as well, you know? Absolutely brilliant voice, yes. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people know this, but before he was a commentator, he was actually in a band and as a singer as well. Uh, so it's people, you know, it's, it's a talent that the man has got. Well, in 1993, Oakland joined WCW, where he continued to interview many of the legends he had worked with in AWA and WWE, as well as WCW stalwarts as well as WCW stalwarts like Sting, DDP, Goldberg and many others. Oakland returned to WWE in 2001 to call a gimmick Battle Royal WrestleMania 17 along with Bobby, LeBrain, Heenan and in one of my favourite kind of matches in WrestleMania history. I mean, those two on commentary were, were fantastic. Bobby Heenan's immortal line of once the Iron Sheet gets down, it will be WrestleMania 35. It's still one of the greatest lines of all time. And just how happy they were to kind of be back at that moment, you know, during the height yeah. of the Attitude Era, you know, it was lovely. Well, Oakland... Uh, 
continued to appear on WWE television programming, including a cast member of the WWE Network's Legends House. Now, Legends House is available on the network. I watched all 10 episodes, uh, I would say now, probably about, well, when it first came out, and then about a year ago as well. Uh, it's heartbreaking now when you consider Roddy Piper and Mean Gene Oakland, two legends that were in the house. Obviously, have gone now. People like Pat Patson, uh, Hacksaw, uh, Jim Duggan, and uh, not Hacksaw Jim Duggan, sorry, Hillbilly Jim, uh, you know, legends like that. You know, uh, it's a great program to go see. It's it's basically them having a task to do every episode and then fucking around. You get a few arguments. Tony Atlas is quite funny in a way because everybody doesn't like him. But Roddy Piper comes across as a really nice guy. And, and so does Mean Dream. Mean Dream's just there, usually just sitting down with uh, alcohol in his hand, you know, just enjoying the day. Uh, it's a great program to go check out on the, the WWE Network. Uh, WWE extends its condolences to Oakland's family and friends. Like you said, Dan, there's been a lot of reaction on Twitter. I should say first, uh, WWE Network will probably have a tribute to him. There's, well, there's rumours going around that Hulk Hogan's going to be on Monday Night Raw uh, oh, this month. It's, it's, it's official now, yeah. yeah. So he's going to go pay tribute to um, Gene Oakland. And, and also, Table for Free was added to the WWE Network yesterday as well uh, with Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Uh, that's available at... Uh, on the network that you can go and see that as well. I think that's under recommended programs. If well, I there's, a, you know, there's a bit of controversy on how can we bring Hulk Hogan back and have him not booed. Yeah, and, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not only that, it's Hogan was a friend with Mean Gene, you know, and they bounced off each other in interviews. And, you know, he, alongside many, many others, have shared their thoughts. You know, Hogan simply tweeted, Mean Gene, I love you, my brother. yeah. I mean, in addition to working alongside the WWE and WSW, Ric Flair was one of his closest friends outside the ring as well. And he expressed great, lo- great love and admiration for him. He said, one of my closest friends since 1972 until this very sad day in 2019. Not only the greatest voice and personality in the history of announcers, but a man who touched everyone's life, who were fortunate enough to know him. Rest in peace, knowing no one will ever replace you. And Oakland, who worked closely with WWE Hall of Famer, million dollar man Ted DiBiase, who offered some kind words. WWE Universe has lost one of its greatest announcers and truly one of the nicest guys you'd ever know. Mean Gene Oakland, rest in peace, my friend. The Iron Sheik also chimed in on a man who's meant a great deal to him even beyond the wrestling business. He said, Gene Mean was the best man at my wedding. We do, he sing, he dance, he always was there for me. Always leading the way at the bar with the legend. God bless him. And, you know, it is... Quite valid to point out that the Iron Sheik is probably losing it a bit. Oh, no, he's, but that's the, he tweets the way he talks. That's what I like about that as well. Jabroni. I'm surprised he didn't actually call him a jabroni. <laughs> yeah. But Oakland worked under the Man family for much of his career in professional wrestling. And they made it clear Wednesday that they are grateful for his contributions. Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon and Triple H each tweeted about the loss of a legend. Uh, Gene Oakland was an incredibly rare talent. He made everything and everyone better. Thank you, Mean Gene, for all the incredible memories. Our condolences to his family and loved ones. Yeah, that was Stephanie. Shane McMahon said, Gene Oakland was always a consummate pro. His iconic voice, personality and talent helped so many superstars. I am deeply saddened by his passing. R.I.P. Mean Gene. And Triple H went on to say, a voice and soundtrack to an entire era of our industry. He was the star of some of WWE's most memorable segments. Mean Gene was loved by all who got to work with him. Our thoughts are with his family at this difficult time. Well, from 1993 to 2001, Oakland also worked at WSW for Bischoff. He tweeted a video in which he spoke about the voice of wrestling generation. He also said, RIP Mean Gene, I will miss you. The best ever. Yeah, and you know, that video was quite a touching tribute to him as well from Eric Bischoff. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Goldberg was one of the top stars in WSW during Oakland's stint with the company. He outlined how much he loved working with him and he said, a very sad day as I hear of the passing of another legend 
lots of fond memories with the old Mean Gene and the Goldberg family. You'll be missed, my friend. Well, while Oakland was part of WCW for the bulk of the attitude era, he still managed to make an impact on some of WWE's biggest stars from that time. Among them is Stone Cold Steve Austin, who said, Just heard Mean Gene Oakland had passed away. As an interviewer, pitch man, announcer or host, he was untouchable. Simply the best, top professional with quick wit, sarcasm, humour and that golden voice. Condolences to his friends and family. An Olympic gold medalist and WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle also marvelled in Oakland's greatness, saying, Very seldom does an interviewer become just as popular and at times even more popular than the superstars he or she interviews. Gene Oakland was that person. I'm starting to hear of Gene's passing. It was an honour to know you, Gene. Gene Ross is considered one of the best play-by-play announcers of the rest of the history. He tipped his cap to perhaps the best interview the business has ever seen. He said, so da- sad today to hear the sudden passing of my dear friend. I just saw me and Gene in North Carolina at WrestleCade. It's so true that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Say hello to Jan, mean Gene. That's Jim Ross's uh, wife, of course. Uh, well, along with, you know, some memorable moments, there's, there's a video of... Mean Gene surfacing and it's he's he's interviewing someone I can't quite remember who uh, Rick it is. Rude. And Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan and the survivors this this summer summer survivor series sign falls behind him, doesn't it? And he says, What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's brilliant. And and there's so many of them on Mean Gene to go and and have a look at. You know, cause professional even with Booker T what he said about Hulk Hogan, Mean Gene was giving an interview and didn't bat an eyelid to that either. Vincent Mann has paid tribute to Mean Gene as well. Vince Mann said it was impossible not to crack a smile whenever Mean Gene Oakland entered the room. He was a voice behind so many of WWE's most iconic and entertaining moments, and the WWE family will miss him immensely. Well, funnily enough, just after his pass in a video resurfaced of Oakland closing out his speech from the Hall of Fame induction in 2006 with a hilarious message that just oozed his charisma. Well, it goes to say, if one day I'm called up to the big house, they'll have a funeral... I want you to bury me face down, then all of my critics can kiss my ass. And a lovely moment. We we got him some information as well that he suffered a fall in December and was admitted to a nursing hospital, nursing home last week before he died on Wednesday, age uh, 76. His son told the press that his father had undergone three kidney transplants after, and after his fall, his health just kind of went from bad to worse and uh, you know rather than it's like anything really rather than having someone suffer now uh, you know like I said he's at peace but um, it's been horrible this week really hasn't it you know it has indeed yes Mean Gene we will certainly miss you my name is James Rowlands and in 2015 I started a WNR podcast with my friend Dan Mike and every month we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also each month the latest pay-per-views and we are live not only for the big four but every takeover as well. Plus in 2019 we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything we're with you and we, we are, are the WNR. WNR.
Hello and welcome to the WNL podcast. It is our first podcast of the year and it is episode 197. My name is Dan White and as always I am joined by... James Rowlands. And our first podcast of the year is WWE versus WCW. But before anything, we start with the alternate intro. Oh, you expect me to do the alternate intro now? You've, you've taken over control of the WNL podcast and I'm meant to be just sitting by... Just, just, just idly by, am I? Uh, actually, no. You do the alternate intro. You can have it all back. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. You know, you might want predictions. It's gone to his head a little bit, but 2019, there's no doubt who's still in charge here. I am a power top, as always. I've gone too far, haven't I? Well, it's great to be back. And, yes, like I say, Dan did win last year. But it's a whole new year, Dan. It's 2019. Who knows what can happen this year, it feels different from 2018, doesn't it? You know, I, I feel it in my bones. Well, being on top, it, it's a, it's a quite a, a lofty view from up here. I can see everything around me, and I see everything a lot clearer. And I've got to admit, I do love this t-shirt that you've got me. I mean, it, it is brilliant, Dan. You know, I hate it, but in actual fact, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the vessel that you got. I can't, I can't mention the t-shirt that you got now, just in case. But we will be putting a picture up as soon as you see this. So let's start with the alternate intro for this episode. Well, you woke up this morning and go for gun. Yeah, that's deep enough, yeah. Your mum always said you'll be the chosen one. She said you're one in a million. You got to burn to shine. But you were born under a bad sign with a blue moon in your eyes. And you woke up this morning. All that love had gone. Your papa never told you about right and wrong. But you were... Looking good, baby, I believe you're feeling fine. Born under a bad sign with a blue moon in your eyes. Because you woke up this morning. Yeah, go on, Dan, take it away. I don't even know the fucking song. That's The Sopranos, one of the greatest TV shows of 1999. Because we are indeed now in 1999. We have gone back 20 years to the case. But that was my fantastic ultra uh, intro. And a little bit of Adlib, I don't know if you can tell which one was which. Dan, what is the proper intro? In 1998, W and WWF both locked in a ratings war and traded the number one spot. Heading into 99, both companies set the stage on Nitro. It was going to be Nash versus Goldberg, while Raw would have a surprise lined up in Mankind versus The Rock. With both world titles on the line in the main event, only one would end with the finger poke of doom and change wrestling for the worse. This year, the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and the WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE versus WCW, Monday Night War, January 1999. And because of WF's success, there will no longer be a five-point system. Ah, oh, I know, people will miss that. So we won't be doing roster, rating, promo, setting, and overall. <laughs> I can't really remember that. Uh, anyway, we start off in WCW. WCW signed a deal with NBC to air specials throughout the year. Rumour has it, Rumor has it. that NBC wanted the belt around Hogan and that he and Goldberg would fight then. Well, of course it fell through. It would have helped WCW's bottom line, but they already produced seven hours of TV a week. Also, Hogan was supposedly taken off TV by Bischoff in order to reduce his presence. 
Many were getting upset that he hogged the spotlight and that he hurt other more talented wrestlers. This was to boost morale, of course. That comes to a premature end. And will now hold the spotlight even further. So it is January the 4th, episode 173. Well, they show highlights of the Nash win at Starcade. Hogan will be here to thank all his fans. But starting off with match one, it's Glacier versus Hugh Morris. Well, Glacier has dominated thus far. Morris gets in the mood but gets his legs swept out from under him. Hart is on the apron. He distracts Glacier, allowing Morris to get the win. Yeah, nothing really to see here. Well, they basically show Flair win all over again. Seven minutes worth of recap. Arn and the Flair family are walking into the arena and the fans are cheering on the outside. Here comes Flair. Malenko is on crutches. Flair states that this is a proud moment for him and he is thanking everyone for supporting him. WCW is the greatest wrestling organisation and for five years a tyrant by the name of Eric Bischoff has run over a lot of people. People have wondered what Flair is to Eric Bischoff on his first day and tells him to come out or be looking for a new job. Bischoff sadly walks out to a bunch of boos. He has to have Bischoff's undivided attention. Bischoff enters the ring and Flair calls him Eric, telling him that the shoes are on a different pair of feet. Over the past five years, he has taken great pride in trying to make Flair look small on many occasions, not just in front of Hogan and Savage, but also in front of his peers. He could fire Bischoff, but seeing as Bischoff has taken him at the main event, Flair forced him to announce with Shivani, Bischoff is not happy as he leaves. The second thing he wants to address is Randy Allison, who has cancer, and Bischoff stated too bad and fired him. They show Bischoff firing him, and Flair wants him to come out. Flair rehires him at double the salary, and they hug. He thanks everyone for coming down last week, and even Randy Savage, and he welcomes him back. Savage left because of Bischoff and Flair. He's glad to have him back because he's a big player. The going to make this is that sold out. He's booking himself against Henning and Wyndham. Someone is going to die, and the pay-per-view is going to be a big event, and WCW, not the NWO, is putting it on. Now to David Flair, and he wants to be Rick's partner. Rick states he's not ready, but AA stops him and says otherwise, that he is ready. Rick agrees and hugs him. He hypes up Nitro, and it is the best. Yeah, what a great moment there for Rick Flair. Get one over on Eric Bischoff. Match two is Booker T versus Emery Hale. It was a bit of a squash match, but it's good to see Booker T win him. Match three is Norman Smiley versus Chavo Guerrero. Well, Bischoff refuses to speak thus far. Norman and Chavo go back and forth, both exchange blows and roll-ups. Chavo is knocked to the floor and Norman wiggles, and Chavo uses that to his advantage by striking with a missile kick. Chavo dances and gets two. Chavo slides through the ropes and then comes back in and gets two count. Two. Norman goes for his finisher, but Chavo slides under and pins him with a sunset flip. Well, nice back and forth match. Good Chavo, good to Chavo to get the win. Norman is upset and he beats up Chavo. And on to match four, it is Horace versus Chris Benoit. Well, Benoit kicks him in and hangs him out to dry. He chops Horace on the eighth and he goes for a suplex, but he's grabbed and pulled over the top rope and dropped to the floor. Horace dives out and nails Benoit, sending him to the railing. Benoit gets pounded and Randy Anderson is the ref. Benoit superplexes him from the top and strikes with a flying headbutt. Benoit is slow to recover and tossed and nearly pinned. But Benoit grabs him, takes him down, forcing him to tap, getting the win with the crossface. Nice to see Benoit back in action. They dispatch a cameraman to the back. He's grabbed or high-fives a cop. 
but he is grabbed by another and he shrugs him off. He is under arrest. He tells the cops they know and everyone knows that he did nothing. He has always done positive things for the city. Goldberg refuses to go as he has done nothing wrong. Well, they're silent, but then rea- uh, reiterate he needs to come downtown. Goldberg refuses to leave and tells them they're not all their guns to take him down. Goldberg calls it defamination of character and BS. Another cop is taking him, talking him down, and he worries that it makes him guilty by being cuffed. He finally agrees to go downtown. The cop promises to get it all figured out as Goldberg yells that it's wrong. But why is he getting arrested for? Why? I've no idea. Hopefully, we'll find out. An entire fan axe of office, uh, <coughs> an entire fan axe of officers is taking him away. Nash comes out and wants to know what is going on. He is worried about his match. Hogan is laughing and calls himself a law and order politician, and Goldberg is guilty. Nash yells at him for thinking it is funny, and as Hogan goes by, Liz is talking to some officers. Oh, well, match five is Saturn versus Jericho. Saturn looks straight out. Saturn looks straight out of a terrible gay porn with his sailor's hat and chain vest. Hey, there's nothing wrong with gay porn. Not that I watch it, of course. Jericho slapped and jots like a rock. Saturn is tossing him around. And Jericho gets a few moves, but he's drawn to the corner and kicked in the head a few times. Saturn suplexes him and Jericho ducks a blow and sends Saturn to the apron. And then Spring kicks him to the floor. Jericho suplexes him onto said floor. Then we go to a commercial. Back from the commercial, Jericho pokes him. Just kind of taunting him, and Saturn strikes with a belly-to-belly suplex. Jericho misses a spinning heel kick. Saturn goes for the Death Valley driver, but Jericho escapes, but is put in on the shoulders and slammed back. Saturn kicks him, and Jericho flails into the ref. Jericho pulls the ref in front of Saturn, hits the lion sword, and puts Saturn in the lion tamer. The ref calls for the bell and gives the match to Jericho. Saturn is pissed, yelling as he did not give up. Well, it's a bit of a feud we can see uh, going on between these two guys. Will it be good? Well, Goldberg has arrived at the police station. He is arrested for aggravated stalking and he thinks it is a joke. Liz filed the charges and he does not know who she is. They tell him who she is. Initially, it was going to be rape, but Goldberg wisely begged off on that angle. The cops have to investigate it as Goldberg still whines that it was not him. Well, some WWE dudes in the concourses and talk to fans. It is a Nitro suite and some yell to free Goldberg and others want him kept locked up. Liz is being interrogated about what happened. Goldberg follows her everywhere, at the arena, at the hotel. She goes to the gym and he is right behind her. She felt threatened and the detectives leave. Well, Eddie is at WO. L. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Well, calm down. Eddie is some sort of LWO shindig with the ladies and he wants Dandy to park the car. They're in a house dance and it is terrible. The lady's called Eddie Rico Suave. Eddie grabs some of the cronies and now sitting on the couch for all the ladies and the other guys get none. Eddie Guerrero on top of the Latino world and he's walking off of some women and they all praise him. Some are playing poker and Eddie is upset about them spending his money and he wants a drink and place at the poker table. It is about the LWO and it is all of them as Eddie screams about res- people respecting the LWO. I really have no idea what I've just watched. Anyway, match six is Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Juventud Guerrera and Psychosis. Yeah, I mean, great match between the four men. Each of these men could be Cruiserweight champion. And Kidman has really shone, not only in this one, but I think for the majority of it, the matches that we've seen, it was a great triple threat match they had, and they just added another layer to it with uh, Psychosis involved. Yes, and we go back to Goldberg being questioned about Liz. 
He goes to arenas around the country and then he sees her at the gym because he owns it. Well, Gene calls out Nash, telling him that is his forum. He states that Goldberg got screwed at the pay-per-view. He calls the charges trumped up and he knows Hogan is behind this. He has asked for Hogan tonight and he knows he is still under contract. He knows that at the end of the night he will end up fighting Goldberg for the title. Here comes Flair. Flair may not agree with how he got it, but Nash is the champ. He knows Hogan is pulling the strings of what is going down. Hogan is still under contract and he will wrestle Nash tonight. Well, Liz has been questioned some more. She has, got, she has to give some exact dates and locations. She was at the Coke machine getting a Pepsi. He asked what he was wearing, red tights. Now he follows her to the gym. He is always there face to face. Liz is asked what he says to her and she does not like questioning. Now he calls her and hangs up. She whines that she is the victim here. They calm her down and she wants him locked up and they leave her to confer again. Well, Gene is in the ring. He calls out Hogan. Arguably, he's the most popular wrestler and he is booed when he comes out. Hogan claims that the world of wrestling still revolves around him. Hogan talks about Leno, etc. Hogan promised to speak and he is here in the home of WCW about his running for president and retirement. He calls Goldberg a sexual deviant and he does not like Nash calling him out claiming that Hogan is scared to face him and that this is why he is retiring. Flair is president and if he says Hogan is wrestling, then he is wrestling and he will retire as champ and be the big bad wolf. Sorry about the poor summation. I'll listen to it while doing some other stuff. Shivani announces that Cactus Jack will win the title tonight and that will put butts in the seat. He said it right before the break too. Do it during the title match or something, or even better. <laughs> so you can say, oh, we're going to have Burke. Cactus wins, and they go, oh, let's look over quickly. Earlier tonight, Jericho was with the ref, and he is buttering him up and talking about how Saturn and others should never lay hands on refs, and he just stands there and nods. Here comes Scotty and Buff. Scotty's bragging and making fun of rednecks and tells the ladies he will take them to Love Island, showing them who is Superman. WSW has tried to sense him since he burned Maguire's jersey belt. They cannot anymore. Buff does a dance and clutches his heart and talks about getting surgery. Is that Diggett Flair? Or someone else. Conan wants to face him one more time and he calls him down so he can beat him up one last time. And then he's beating up a redneck in the crowd. So Scott Steiner versus Hogan for the WSW TV title. Conan's <laughs> taunted and Scotty says he's going to beat him up again. Buff messes with him and his back kicks. Scott delays and finally takes him down. But Co come on, Conan. Manson pounds him in the corner. That's it, son. Scotty takes him down and gives him an atomic drop. That's a shame. Conan strikes back with a clothesline low. Scotty runs to the floor and K-Dog gives chase and is bludgeoned by Buff. You bastard. And then double team for a bit. Back in the ring, Steiner drops the elbow. Shivoni repeats what he said before the break about Mick Foley and then cackles about him being champ and representing the company. He tries to get Bischoff to talk and he is still silent and Tony crows that he thought that would garner a response from Bischoff as he cackles again about Mick being a champion. Honestly, I would have changed the channel. What a fucking douche. Mankind is over and it is called building new stars and not having the same old man at the top, you fuck. Of course Bischoff told him to do it. Now he keeps talking about it being live every week. Well, they go back and forth. Conan does this thing with a rolling clothesline. He hits the bulldog and goes for the Tequila Sunrise and then a bone with a belt and it's a DQ. The ref is tossed to the floor and here comes their stooge. Conan's getting destroyed. First ball of a recliner and now a series of chair shots. Couldn't have been any better. Well, match eight and it is Raf versus Bam Bam Bigelow. 
Raf finally has a mic, mullet and all. He has been ploughing for opponents for months and he is going to do it again tonight. He has a problem with no competition. He calls out back who has the guts to face him. Tony mentions this being live again. Here comes Bam Bam Bigelow. Here we go. This could be good. Nope. They fight up the island towards the back. The bell has rung for a count out or DQ. They're on the stage area and they're still fighting. Liz is still being questioned. They want to know how often and the last time it happened. Now she is stuttering and she is changing her story about it being at the water fountain and the coke machine. They mock her about it too. They poke holes in her story and wonder why she keeps looking at her watch. She got his tights wrong too. They call her a perjurer and false final report is a felony and that leads to jail time. They go to talk again. She begs off and her cops behind her push her back down. Now she states she got it wrong and is upset she cost him his title shot. After all, there's a lot of bald-headed wrestlers. She's actually acting quite good. Then again, she probably has been at the police giving reports in the past, you know. Yes, about someone doing stuff to her. Well, match eight, and it is Brian Adams versus DDP. They exchange fisticuffs. Adam gets the upper hand and snaps him, and then smacks him around. DDP ducks and levels him with blows of his own. Adams retreats to the floor. DDP wants to slingshot into him and finally is able to do so. And down goes Brian and Vincent. DDP is held by Vincent as he tries to get in the ring and Adams stomps away. Adams continues to hammer him and then DDP starts to fire back. We go to the commercial room about DDP comes back and takes him down. He goes up and Vincent grabs him. Adam comes over as he grabs him. DDP falls into him, giving him the diamond cutter. Well, Adams has really gotten terrible in the ring. And Goldberg is told that Liz has dropped the charges. He demands to be taken to the Dome. So we're going to leave it there now. We just built up the main event of Nitro. Hogan, Nash with Goldberg on his way. Live Raw and see what they were doing at the exact same time. <clears throat> well, it is Raw episode 293. Well, a night that many claimed the WF won the war. Mankind winning the title and Shivani telling people about it. It was taped. Anywhere from 200,000 to 600,000 people changed the channel, either giving Raw a win or making it wider than it would have been. The ratings started strong with a 5.7 only went up to a 5.8. Nitro started strong with a 5.5 then dropped to a 4.6 and increased to a 4.8 or 9 for a 5.0 total. So that many had changed the channel, Nitro would have sent a 5.5 and Raw had a 5.3 and probably still would have run. One, barely. Now a lot turned back to Nitro for a run over time. Not much more can be said there. Raw was hot coming in and both got great ratings tonight. Combined, it was the largest audience, obviously helped by no Monday Night Football. They show a highlight reel of HBK and the WWF. Vince interrupts that sentimental crap, as he calls it. Sean will not be here tonight. He hopes the fans forgive him for firing Sean. No one will ever again disparage Shane. Anyone who harms Shane, mentally or physically, will pay. Well, they pan to the Titantron and Sean is walking in the back. Vince is stunned. Sean comes out and the sheriff is back in time. And this time he brought the cavalry with him. And here comes DX. Sean's contract as commissioner is ironclad. Vince always stated that Sean did not have to answer to anyone. Therefore, Sean cannot be fired. And the only stop is if he resigned and he refuses to do that. Time to get down to business and he's going to make dreams come true. He goes to the Rumble drawing where Vince drew the lotto numbers. Sean has said over all competitors except Austin. Uh, <coughs> Sean has say over all competitors except Austin. Not sure why. Now that Vince has become a competitor, 
Austin will stay at one, but Vince will now be number two. Two. And now Austin can open a can of whip ass on Vince. He has one more detail to cover, and that is HBK is going to leave the building in the next two hours. Two. And bring him a surprise, and this surprise will drive him stone cold crazy. He was hurt, and that is why Austin has not been on Raw and will not wrestle until the pay-per-view. I mean... <clears throat> that makes sense. I mean, Austin is so goddamn hot at the moment, and a little bit of a break. It's not hurting the program or the ratings. Plus, it's telling the story. But man, thought he got one over on Stone Cold. He thought he could come in at number thirty and lost it at number one. But now it means Austin is number one. Vince Man is number two. Two. And it means Austin is going to get his hold, get hold of Vince Man at the Royal Rumble. Well, match one was Steve Blackman versus Ken Shamrock. Well, Blackman hammers Shamrock, works him over in the corner, but he runs into a power slam. Here comes a pitiful-looking Dan, the still in a moustache and neck brace. Shamron snap suplexes him. Then Ken strikes with a high knee. Blackman comes. <coughs> Blackman makes a comeback, but walks into a belly-to-belly suplex. Now moustache is on the apron and gets decked. Gunn runs in from behind and hits the rocker dropper on Shamrock and Blackman gets the win. Fast paced and overbooked but it was fine. And Gunn and Shamrock are fighting in the back. Shamrock tosses him into a wall and pummels Gunn. Well here comes Mankind in an unscheduled appearance. It's been a crazy couple of weeks as it was the first time he ever grabbed another man's testicles and enjoyed it in a rugged man's way. He also said suck it for the first time without a please in front of it. Fans love that. <laughs> He has a new hobby and that is kicking up man's asses. He has one favour to ask of Vince and that is to face the rock at the pay-per-view. Not because he made Shane whimper like a two-year-old or a poopy diaper. He also beat up Vince. He is not a god because the fans say so but he's pretty damn good and he beat the rock last month and deserves a rematch. He asks if it's okay to say ass, and then tells Vince to get his ass out here. Vince comes out and calls him a delusion disfigured monster. Mankind being a number one contender stains the title and the WWF. Mankind had the opportunities in the past and he has listened to Vince. He would be the champ right now. Instead, he listened to the fans. He questions all the pain he's lived through just for the roar of the crowd. Mankind likes that roar. Mankind saw the good McMahon name when he placed his filthy hands on Shane. And now he has the guts to ask to face the rock. He does not deserve to face the rock as he has not paid his dues. Maybe one day he will climb the ladder to take that hardcore title. But he failed at that. It is laughable that he asks, and in fact will never get an opportunity to wrestle for the title. But Vince is benevolent and tells Mankind he can enter the Rumble, but he has to face Triple H tonight in order to do so. For some reason, Vince shows Mankind beating up Shane. The guest will be Shane tonight, so he'll get a title shot if he wins the Rumble. Well, China's talked to a girl in the back who who cold calls her girlfriend. And match two is Mark Henry versus Goldust. Well, Goldust is getting clobbered with big rights. Goldust ducks and goes after the knees, but gets his eyes raked. Henry bounces off the ropes, but is given a small spine buster, and Goldust gets a two. Two. Goldust goes off the ropes in his power slam. Henry works him over in the corner. Henry takes him down and drops the elbow, then beats him up, but China and her girl show up. Goldust knocks him down and sets him up for shattered dreams. He connects. Okay. There is a DQ. No bell, but he's told to leave. Well, that angle sucks balls too. Well, I think China's friend is a man. China and it come down to the ring and she has the mic and kisses him on the cheek. She needs Mark to listen. She has a confession. 
The other night was incredible, but she's afraid that she is not enough woman for him and keeps saying she is serious. He is way too much man for her. She introduces Sammy and she knows he will like tall women who are dancers. She's offering a freeway and he passes out. Now he's up. Um, Sammy is a man. Oh my God. Well, Jesse Ventura was inaugurated today on this day in uh, Minnesota as the governor. The match three is Godfather versus Test. Test, yes, this is Test. Test starts strong, but his power slammed and nearly pinned. Godfather kicks him in the corner and sets him up for the hoe train and crushes him. Fowl is at the top of the ramp and Test kicks him in the head and they take it to the floor. Well, Godfather connects with a few blows and runs him into the apron and still steps. The whip is reversed and the Godfather is posted. It's a double count out. Lame! Finish. Yeah. Val runs down and those two fight. The refs finally break it up. DX is in the back giggling. How Sean is back with them so quick. DX shit is never explained. Yeah, you think about trying to screw him over these past couple of weeks, past couple of months as a corporate commission. Now, that's yeah, all been forgiven. Well, match four is Triple H versus Mankind. Mankind pounds him and goes after the arm. Triple H hits him back and Triple H takes him down and has the left arm tied up. Mankind slowly gets to his feet and he pops Hunter in the face and drives him into the corner to whip him to the other one and bulldogs him off the rebound. Trips fends him off but is knocked to the floor. Well, Mankind shoves him into the barrier with a baseball slide. Triple H gets on the apron and a forearm shiver knocks him right off. He gets sunset flips into the ring and Mankind has the rope and Shane kicks his hands off and then McMahon makes a super fast count. Triple H gets the win. Well, it was a fun match with a bit of angle advances. <coughs> it was a fun match with an advancement. Too short to rate any high, though. Well, Triple H has the mics and tells him that business is business and he will do whatever it takes to win the title. Triple H tells him Happy New Year and Pedigree Shane. He tells Mankind that is, it is all his. Mankind has Shane in the move and threatens to break his shoulder. Shane is screaming. Well, Vince comes down and begs Mankind to let him go. Mankind wants a title match tonight and Vince agrees. But now he wants it no DQ as Shane's and Vince agrees to that. You could probably just fire him. Oh, why read too much into this as there is Sean, etc. Exactly. Sean Michaels might have done something about it. Well, the Rock comes down and is upset for Vince to give it in so easy. He doesn't have clothes and Vince screams at him to get ready. And match five is D'Lo Brown versus Edge. Well, Brown takes him down, but Edge drop kicks him. Brown goozes him, but he's taken down with a nice head scissor and Delo's clothes on to the floor. Edge leaps over the top rope, smash. Edge charges, but he's picked up and dropped to the barrier. Edge is placed back in the ring and Brown drops the legs. Delo decks him and backs him into the corner where he chops him down again. Well, Delo's whipped into the corner and Edge charges him and then is killed with a running powerbomb. Delo gets up onto the top turnbuckle, stares at the crowd. He covers Edge, getting a two count. Two. He follows up with a body slam, then jumps off the top rope and misses. Then he's sent into the corner and floats over, but he brags and is taken down and Edge goes up top, gets a near fall after a crossbody. Here comes Jackie and Terry and Edge goes up and leaps into a powerbomb. Well, Terry's holding her belly. She's on the apron and Brown goes after her and she falls and clutches her gut screaming and the ref is screaming for help. By the way, she barely fell. She's... Mewing like a scared kitten. It's fucking annoying. The gurney's brought out and she's being hauled out. She screeches for them to hurry. The angle was absolutely fucking ridiculous. There's no baby now. 
The doctor cannot feel a heartbeat. It is fucking stupid. Well, here comes Kane. Shane is fine, I guess, as he's in the ring and spluttering out sentence fragments. It will be a handicap match. Kane versus Patterson and Briscoe. They are scared and Vince tells them too bad. And how he told them anyone involved in his son being hurt will pay. Kane toys with them. Patterson offers him a cigarette and a condom and gets walloped. Briscoe hits him and gets mauled. Patterson has a chair and when Kane turns around, he puts it down and offers Kane a seat who kicks it out of the ring. Well, Patterson is choked slamming the beat and Shane is encouraging him until he's goozled and choked. Vince threatens to send him back him and so Kane lets him go. Shane leaves with one last taunt to the down stooges and yells at Kane for choking him. <clears throat> and then we go on to match six. It is Al Snow versus the Road Dog for the WWF Hardcore title. Well, they fight up by the dressing room. Road Dog knocks him towards the ring and pulls out chairs and tables. Snow fires back, but gets a chair tossed at him. Al comes back and hits him with a chair twice and then kicks him over the barrier and cracks him in the head with a chair again. Road Dog Snow misses the moonsault as Road Dog moves and he crashes through the table. Gets to and takes a baking sheet and clocks him three times in the head with it. They go back and forth and the fight heads to the back. Snow chokes him out with a house and then breaks a broom over his back. Road Dog knocks him out with a cardboard box. Well, knocks him down. There are flowers there and Snow gets to run into them. Al picks up the potted plants and throws them at Road Dog. Well, he throws him into some steel poles and then whacks him with one. Snow is flung into beer kegs. Coal axes there fall. And then the fight continues. Snow is whipped into some steel grates. And now Road Dog has a fire extinguisher and cannot get to work. So he just hits him with it. They are out in the snow and Road Dog has a snow shovel and hits him with it. He then puts him in a wheel cart and runs into a wall. They fight back and forth, slipping and sliding on the snow. Road Dog is thrown into a fence, hit with a traffic cone. Road Dog then pole drives him into some wooden pallets. And gets the victory. Well, it's concussion central, but fuck it. That doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. It was great stuff for the two. Yes, Road Dog goes back to the ring and celebrates. And ch- ch- uh, HBK is all happy to be with DX and hugs Triple H. He's going to bring the surprise DX style. Triple H does not seem to care after he leaves. The car keys do not work, but he's locked out. He turns and is attacked. We see him lying in a pool of blood on the hood of a car. Bossman and company attacked him. And his face was smashed into a windshield and he's carted off in an ambulance. Sean needed more back surgery and they thought he could not wrestle again. Yeah, so he was taken out in that way so the DX surprise is gone. But we do know it's going to be Mankind versus The Rock for the WWF title. But uh, let's go back to Nitro because it is the main event, I think. But who cares? It's Hollywood Hogan versus Kevin Nash for the WCW title. Tony Schiavone said Cactus Jack is going to win the title, but let's watch Nitro first, and then let's see how Raw responds to that. Well, Hogan has Steiner with him, and Nash comes down and brings Hall with him. Just over six minutes left. So this is WWE's main event. Dan, is it worth our main event? It was going to be Goldberg-Nash, which was the Starcade rematch, but it's going to be Hogan now. Is that big enough for WWE to rival Raw at this point in time? No, not really. I mean, fans want top. So, WCW are giving them Nash versus Hogan. Well, Hogan was going for president, was going to retire, but now he's come back and he said he's the uh, biggest wrestler of all time and, and Nash is champion as well. And he says Goldberg, you know, got screwed basically as he's welcoming Scott Hall into the Wolfpack. Look, Scott Hall's got the Wolfpack top on. 
And I, I can't believe Nash didn't have anything to do with what happened to Goldberg. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem right. They weren't in cahoots. And I guess they weren't in cahoots, but Goldberg not being here. Is Nash now the number one guy on WCW as a good guy? Going up against Hogan. What's Hogan playing at the moment? I just think the original NWO all out here at the moment. But is he rewarding Scott Hall for helping him beat Goldberg? No, I think he might be. You know, it's a bit weird what's going on with the outsiders. You know, Nash didn't want to, did he, when they had the feud last year? And now he's back. And they're back together. And the fans definitely into the outsiders. Indeed, yes. Even if they were the two people to uh, defeat Goldberg. Is yeah, that... Scott Steiner there at ringside. Is that Lillian Garcia? Nah. Scott oh. Steiner there at ringside. Just give some matches, some fans. Of course, he's meant to be the new leader of the NWO. Now, Hogan's well, he's back. he's got the facial hair of a leader of NWO, black and white. You know, Goldberg had the like the black stubble with the classic white Hogan moustache, and uh, Scott Steiner's Basically kind of way round, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He's got the goatee with a black bit in the middle. Well, here we go. Arguably, the the two biggest stars in wrestling here, Hogan going for the title again. But Hogan doesn't seem like he's kind of affiliated with the uh, NWO black and white. No, he just looks basic Hogan at the moment. So he's going to retire soon, but the bell rings. Oh, and Nash is ripping his shirt off. Well, he's Hogan mocking. style. Yeah, mocking Hulk Hogan. Or Hollywood Hogan, whoever you want to call him. Will Goldberg reach it in time before uh, WCW goes off air? Well, he's always been a bit late getting to arenas. That's one thing we've noticed from last year. I'm hoping he maybe come down and, and save the day, but which way is this going to go here? Nash and Hogan never faced off before. There's over 40,000 here at the Atlanta uh, Georgia Dome. Now all these people paid a hard uh, money to come watch this. First time ever match. Oh, and Nash pushing Hogan. Nash definitely has the power advantage. Won't be phased. He's been there with Giants before. And what's Hogan going to do? And he just... Poked Nash. Two. Three. And listen to the crowd there. They're not happy about that. We've got Hogan just defeated Kevin Nash with a finger poke. And now they're all celebrating as Hogan is the new world champion. They've given Hogan the WCW title. And the card just showed up. The cops are here. Goldberg's here as well. Well, nice purple coat, and he's trying to make his way in. So, we're, they're in cahoots. They pull the wall over our eyes. And the bottle's coming in. This is not... This is not good heat that they've got 40,000 people paying their money to see this. And we are actually going to see Goldberg as well. And here he comes. Spinning heel kick for Steiner. A kick and a suplex for Hull. Nash gets a kick. Oh, and then Hogan hits Goldberg across the back with a title. Well, belt from behind. Now, Goldberg beat Hogan for the title. And now Kevin Nash has handed it back to him. Reverse the Irish whip. Oh, hits Hogan with a spear. And now Lex Luger's in there. He's ripped off his Wolfpack t-shirt. He just flexed Scott Hall off the edge of the ring apron. And now he's going to get Goldberg. He's going to jack him up. What? Luger's just hit Goldberg from behind. Oh, my God. And then a good guy again sacrificed. 
Wolf Another pack. hoodwink and a bamboozle. The Wolf Pack, the NWO. Black and white seem to be in cahoots. And now... Scott Steiner has Coca-Cola on his back. Yeah, phone all up him. He picks up Lex Luger. He picks up Goldberg on Lex Luger's shoulders. Goldberg's got handcuffs on. And Bischoff going crazy. And what a horrible moment for Goldberg. If it wasn't embarrassing enough losing at Starcade. Hogan is now champion. Buff Bagwell's in the ring with Liz. He's been handcuffed to the bottom rope. Scott Hall's got that taser. This, this is not. This is this is awful. Imagine, imagine a guy, you know, like a major event, major event, or any show, you know, getting beaten up by these guys. I mean, when are they going to get the comeuppance? The biggest show of the year <clears throat> didn't work out, and now the NWO at their worst. Hulk Hogan at his age is now world champion. And they're having a go at Cactus Jack becoming champion over on Raw. And they're not finished yet with gold. But look at all the shit getting thrown in the ring. Red NWO spray painted on Goldberg. I mean, what a way to kill a babyface, Dan. What are your thoughts on that? Indeed, yes. I mean, they have just fucked it, haven't they, really? Well, the only hope... No, spray painted his head as well. Black. I mean... Uh, let's hope Goldberg can get his comeuppance on the entire... Everybody in the ring should now be on Goldberg's list and he should hunt them down individually, either leading to pay-per-view matches or major matches on Nitro and get the job done. And now look at this, the world title, spray-painting it red. The NWO back together now. So they they think doing the same storyline again is going to work for WSW. Dan, you went ever so quiet. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I don't care how many times I watch it. I'm still shocked by it. It is absolutely ridiculous, really. I mean, you know, the things that happen and who on earth thought that was a good idea? Yeah. You know, let's not have, um, let's not just have Hogan beat Kevin Nash with a finger poke of doom. Basically, the whole reason why. Kevin Nash made the wolf pack was to get away from Hogan. Yeah. Only sub Hogan with no really ex- no. explanation. We, well, we don't know. I we mean, you know, know, he had worked so hard to get the heavyweight championship only to lose it to a fucking finger poke. And then Lex Luger, what the fuck is he doing turning as well? Yeah, well, the wolf pack obviously now, does that mean the NWO black and white have disappeared? Are they just going to be the wolf pack? Is the wolf pack still going to be around? Uh, you know, why was no one else there, Paige or Ric Flair, doing anything about that when Goldberg was being beaten down? They had everything to show, and they picked the hills to go out, which got one of the most negative reactions of all time. Let's head over to Raw now. Let's hear one of the most positive reactions of all time. Steve Stone Cold Rosson said it's the biggest pop of his career ever was the fact here. Let's not ruin it for anybody maybe never seen it before or never listened to it before, but we're going over to Raw now, and Mankind is in the ring with DX, who, of course... Being his friends here tonight, helping them out, going up against the corporate champion in The Rock. And you can see with, with Nitro, they're doing the way they have done. But with Raw, they've got the faces to, to line up against the corporation. Do you know what I mean? Like, we know the corporation is bad, but DX has been there every step the of the way. Yeah, first time, yeah. We have watched it before on the podcast. I will re release it. They're not re release it. I'll put it up there on the day, January 4th, I think it is. So we have seen it before, but now after watching WWE and WCW program for a year, see, like, maybe it wasn't just this moment, but this moment helped a lot. 
And test Kane, Shamrock, Bossman, and The Rock coming out here with Man and Shane. So you got the corporation going off against DX and Mick Foley. Mm. Mankind. As I said, the bigger star's not there. Austin is injured, not going to be able to perform until the pay-per-view. What do you do? And you're putting this title match on. It just shows you how popular your second or third baby faces are. And Mankind putting this position here. Can he become WF champion for the very first time? Well, yes, he can, but still, let's watch it. Well, if you've seen WCW, Tony Schiavone's already spotted for us. Yeah. Well, the Rock's ready for action here tonight, and that's why he's had to stick on the uh, Adidas outfit. And Mankind, of course, had a match before. Went through the crowd and had his shirt ripped open. Well, look, the crowd just tried to grab hold of him. That's why his shirt is in pieces at the moment. And as he went to check on Man- uh, on as Mankind looked at the corporation, the Rock took advantage. Straight over right hands and teeter-tottering Mankind on that second rope. And the Rock saying, no, he wants to do it. Think how much upset Mankind has caused. And Mankind has beaten the Rock. We saw it rock bottom. Put him to sleep with Mr. Socko. Now, Mick Foley's famed for wearing quite a tattered shirt, or Mankind is famed for wearing a tattered shirt. But, I mean, the whole back has been ripped out of this yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to the fans trying to grab it. I mean, that's ruined a little bit. You can see the um, the Job Squad t-shirt underneath. And now Mankind looks to send Rock into the stairs. Oh, Rock Irish whips it, though. Sends Mankind knees first into it, sailing over the top. And the Rock there saying to the corporation, don't get involved. He wants to beat him down. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, The Rock just picking up the stairs and full weight coming down on Mankind's back. Is that careless of The Rock? Well, The Rock again putting the stairs down. I, I think at this time, The Rock, we'll see talk about careless at the Rumble night in chair shots, but that, the whole point of this feud was kind of building The Rock up as kind of, they said he didn't have a kind of mean enough streak to kind of battle with Austin and do that, so it's kind of showing The Rock's different side and and kind of take it, and Mankind was kind of even slashed to the worst, best wrestler, because he would be like, yeah, I'll take that from you, do you know what I mean? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you do that. And this is The Rock just getting ready, because we all know, like, this is WWF thinking, no matter what happens, it should be Austin versus Rock at WrestleMania, for the, but it doesn't mean we can't have fun in the meantime. Can I just say that, you say The Rock isn't prepared, and that's why he's wearing his kind of Tesco two-stripe tracksuit. But he's got his trunks on underneath. But his trunks are on underneath, yeah. Now the rocks on commentary taking a sip of water. <laughs> oh, as mankind hits him, makes the rock spit out the water, and kind of regret putting the like headset on. Well, apparently the rocks wearing the outfit in in real life, so to speak, because he had surgery uh, on his nipple and it kind of looked really odd, so he wanted to cover it up. So he would he would wear this till about February and then just kind of be normal rock again. And the man comes the commentary saying he shows a lot of testicular fortitude. And then gets hit on the head with the ring bell. <laughs> and Rock choking out Mankind. I mean, these guys have had some wars. And now the Rock getting Mankind on the announce table. And look at the Rock's facials looking around. Oh, my God. This is not good. F- After a bell. Oh. Shit. Rock bottom <laughs> through the announce table. <laughs> and the Rock lays in a bundle as well on the chairs. And this is it, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but Mankind does look in big, big trouble. Well, took out Cole and King on commentary then as well. And all those pencils again gone flying around. Well, it is definitely a war zone as The Rock throws Mankind in. Look at my man, look at his sneer. Look at the test hold in the heavyweight championship. That's the only chance he's ever going to get that. 
And Elena smacked down Mankind. Mankind's out. Big right hands goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, but he manages to kick out. Ah. Well, we've already seen more action in this match than we did in the main event of Nitro. Well, I was just about to say, how would you feel (laughs) if Mankind and The Rock kind of squared up and Mankind just went, poke, Rock fell down, one, two, three. It would just destroy everything about the storyline as well. Do you know what I mean? Man, kind of going from face to hill to face to hill again just wouldn't work. Even the cane character works because, you know, my man's going to put him in a sane asylum if he doesn't do his way. Each of these characters, you know, boss man's going to security. We see Shamrock deciding to go with a corporation as well. So now you know he's loyal. And, of course, the Rock story over Survivor Series and even before that, you know, the Rocks joined the corporation basically just to be champion. Yeah, and that's the thing. And my man is, you know, he sold his soul to the devil to do that. And now he's, he's with everything he's got, my man is trying to make sure the Rock holds on for it, hold on to it. As he knocks Mankind down with back elbow, now he's going to slam him. And the Rock's been in complete control of this. The corporate elbow. And the most electrified move in sports entertainment. Drops it straight onto... Foley, two, oh, only a two count. Two. <clears throat> well, man, is frustrated about the toughness of mankind. Well, we've seen what he's sustained in 1998 through the cell and everything else. Dodges the clothesline. Mankind hits a net breaker. Plants the rock. Both men are down. But everybody's playing their part in this one, though. Everybody's playing their part. The kind of looks on their faces as well. Not out of character. You know, like no. Shamrock looking on worried. Bossman knocked down off the apron. Oh, Bossman held Mankind's foot as Tess threw the championship into him. Rock hits him over the head, goes for a cover, but Mankind's oh. still managing to kick out. Ah. Well, Mankind's got more guts and brains. We know that. But well, he's got a lot of testicular fortitude. He has. He doesn't know where he is. Go, Rock go for the belt shot. Missed. Double arm DDT. Oh! On the title belt, we can have a new champion now. Rolls through. One, One two. two. Oh. oh! Ref was slow going down for the count, and I think that might have saved The Rock. No, The Rock gets shoulder up at two. Two. But now Mankind, who's put Rock away with this before, look for Mr. Socko. And Vince has had first-hand experience with Mr. Socko. Well, my, my man not happy. Mankind now has got Socko in the gullet of the rock. And the rock slowly passing out. And Shamrock's in the ring. Cheer to the back of Mankind. Here comes Billy. And these two guys have had a bit of uh, history. Yeah, and now the shit's going down. Roadog and Triple H going out here with Test. And Bossman... And now here comes Austin Music. Here comes the Rattlesnake. We didn't know the Rattlesnake would be here. But man can't believe it. Austin's got the chair. Pow, right in the kisser. Hits the rock. Goes out the ring, referee's counting. One, One, two, two, three. three. (laughs) And they lose their shit even more. What about that for a reaction? Austin cost McMahon. He cost the... Mankind is a champion. <laughs> Look at McMahon. He gives McMahon the finger, throws his hat at him and just walks away. <laughs> he doesn't get any better for McMahon because he knows he has to face the rattlesnake at the Rumble. 
But the fans go mental. Austin happy for mankind as well. Mrs. Foley's baby boy. She's finally done it for sleeping in cars and travelling to Madison Square Garden to be in the WWF champion on the first episode of Raw. <laughs> the corporation has been stunned. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one was stunned tonight, though. No, 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 no. Just theoretically, well, do love Cactus Jack Mankind, just known as champion here tonight. Mankind does it, and I mean, could there be a bigger juxtapositioning from WCW Nitro of how they treat their talent and the storylines and their fans compared to what WF does at this point? I mean, really, is it that much WCW is what WWE is now. Yeah, that's true, basically, isn't it? It's yeah. like, we know what you want, so we're not going to give it to you. Damn it. I know. Whereas Mankind wins the title, you know, the Rock is screwed over. Rock, it didn't lose cleanly, thanks because of Austin's interference, obviously. But, I mean, what a great story. I mean, at one point, the New Age Outlaws was part of the corporation. Yep. Yeah, they hoodwinked So was corporate. Mankind. Mankind originally started on there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, spinning round and round. And the DX, DX are there to be friends with Mankind, helped him out. The small band of degenerates, along with Mrs. Foley's baby boy, and the Texas Rattlesnake, have helped WWF get one over on WSW and the corporation. But it was that light, that switch, the, the bit where Shamrock came on the chair. As soon as Billy Gunn got involved, boom, it was like then, wasn't it? You know, they all got involved together. Referee was distracted, Austin came out. Uh, again, a perfect story, and, and that's why WF was so good in the attitude. Dan, final thoughts on those two episodes and the difference between Nitro and Raw? Well, when you, want, when you watch an event, what would you rather do? Watch Nitro and be left, what the fuck is going on? Or watch Raw and be left genuinely smiling? It's like, you know, I've seen this a few times. And every time, it, it just gives you, like, the warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm. And, you know, what what more could you want to go home to after an event? No, absolutely brilliant there by the, the WWF. And... You know, despite the fact everyone knew what had happened, thanks to, well, not Twitter, but Shivani, you know, it's... Everyone's like, we don't give a fuck. No, exactly. It's still good. And uh, and that's why I think sometimes, you know, you talk about live and pre-taped. Like the NXT stuff nowadays is still good, even though it was taped because of the product still good. You know what I mean? So sometimes, you know, maybe a surprise or something that I can understand. But at that moment, you know, fantastic for for the WWF. And like I said, they beat Nitro in the ratings and wouldn't lose to them in 1999. So we move on to our next episode, Nitro, January 11th, episode 174. Ratings were strong as the fans were interested to see where this leads as WCW got a huge 5.9 start, then fell to a 4.9, but then fell again in the third hour where it usually does better to a 4.3 for a 5.0 total, and Raw got five fives for the two hours. Well, they show Hogan on Thunder talking about tonight. Here comes Flair, he taunts Bischoff and he and his son are getting a piece of BW and Henning at the pay-per-view. He hopes Hogan is listening. He promised the rest of the world some big news. Turner, Schiller and Flair all met and Hogan is champ. But Hogan is signed up until 2001 and he's not going to Hollywood, but he's going to work. JJ Dillon is back in power. He's happy to let their president who dresses the part. 
Hogan will have his first title defence at Super Brawl, and they will decide who it is. Now to the main event that's sold out, and seeing as Hall likes to use a stun stick, they're going to hang it above the ring. It will be a ladder match between Hall and Goldberg. Why not just give Goldberg a total shot? Flair wants him to talk to the LWO, and here they come. Hoovy was beaten last week. Flair calls them the most talented group that he knows. What Bischoff did to them. He knows Guerrero is also laid out. He knows the NWO did it. He wants the LWO to take off their shirts and join WCW and Flair. Will provide money, women and cars. They all take their shirts off. <coughs> they all take their shirts off. So, so much for the LWO. At least they closed the loop. I mean, now that Bischoff has no power, what purpose do they serve? And also, Eddie's hurt. Flair wants to wrestle tonight. And he wants it to be Henning. And he is telling him to get his tights on. My God. So, I mean, a couple of news there. So, the LWO uh, are no more, basically. They're, they've done and dusted. The LWO really didn't do anything in WCW, did they, in the end? You know what I mean? No. They were around for a little while. But uh, nothing really major. Well, New Year's Day, 1999, Eddie Grail was involved in a, in a serious car accident where it keep him out for the majority of 99. And one of these things, you know, we cut off Bischoff a lot. But apparently Bischoff went up to him when he was in the hospital bed and said that he'd, you know, he'll pay for the, whatever he needed to get done. He would still be under contract with uh, WCW as well. But it's horrible for Eddie. We will not be seeing Guerrero now for a long time. It's a damn shame. But still, you know, here comes Saturn. He acknowledges that the following fair is difficult, but he wants a match against Jericho and calls him out. As Gene does not think Jericho will go for it. But Jericho comes out and brags he's beaten Saturn twice and Saturn is... Catawalking like a 10-year-old girl. He should be wearing a dress. Jericho is willing to give him a rematch if he wears a dress for the rest of his wrestling career if he loses. Saturn says now. Jericho calls himself the greatest and flexes. Saturn is sick of him and goes for it. Jericho makes fun of him and states that he does not have the legs for a dress. Match one is Saturn versus the cat. Saturn decks him and tosses him across the ring and stomps away in the corner. Saturn mounts and pounds him and the ref breaks it. The ref is distracted. Jericho runs in and wallops Saturn with a snow shovel. And the ref declares that the cat is the winner. It is a Dixon guy who's been against Saturn. Jericho's trying to get the dress on but cannot. Jericho leaves it partially over his head. He's trying to put it through an armhole. <laughs> well, it is a bit of an angle advancement really, isn't it? Yeah. And the limo has arrived. Bischoff gets out and he is upset that someone is in his parking spot. He the card at the door but it will not open. He's yelling for them to open the door. And they finally do so. They tell Bischoff to sign in. There is a new receptionist and he is pissed about that. A man tells him to take a seat and Flair will be ready for him momentarily. Amy was the old receptionist and she no longer works there. Eric has been waiting for some time and he's getting irked. Well, it's a joke that Flair's running the company and when he did before with JR and they could not put 400 people in the building. Finally, they're ready for Bischoff. Bischoff is upset with Flair and the latter pushes his feet off the desk. Flair asked if he enjoyed last week and EB enjoyed parts of it. Flair asked about his failed announcing. Now about Liz and if he was in cahoots in bringing back the NWO. Flair has plans for Hogan and Nash, but for the next 90 days he's going to make Bischoff's life miserable. Eric claims he has a plane to catch and Flair gives him a bunch of his old stuff and tells him to beat it. Bischoff out. Well, the limo pulls away and Flair's happy about that, but Bischoff is not. Eric has to ride in the ring truck and then help put up the ring. Bischoff slowly makes his way to it and the redneck is driving it and Bischoff mocks him as they sputter off. It's Pepe's birthday and Chavo is getting airtime as Gene calls him out. He hopes Eddie gets well soon and Chavo states that Pepe's had a hard time getting beaten up. 
Jean asks what they're going to do, and that is sing happy birthday. Jean crowd involved, and some of them are getting involved. Well, Norman comes out, and Smiley is upset that he's not being invited to the party. He wants to make amends with Pepe. Jean is unsure and calls Pepe Peppy. Chavo does not want him there, and Pepe is a nice guy, and everyone abuses him. Norman offers his hand in friendship and corrects Jean's pronunciation of his last name. Well, Chavo refuses, but Pepe is willing. Norman decks Chavo and body slams him onto the floor and then runs him into the railing. Chavo gets his cake. Now he is body slammed on the table and Norman screams, Happy birthday and wiggles. He then smashes the cake against Chavo. Well, Chavo gives chase as Norman rides Pepe out of the building. There's a random shredder outside and he puts Pepe inside it and Chavo screams. Classic stuff there by Norman Smiley and Chavo Guerrero. Oh, Jesus. Could we have a match? We are at Raven's home again. His dad is talking about Saturn and Raven wants to know where his yearbook is. It is in the garage and wines that it was moved there. I think it's his stepdad. He looks at some old photos and one of Piper. A bunch of Harleys arrive and the limo's right behind. The NWO depart, depart the cycles. Hogan is arguing with Norton and the rest of the B team. They miss them along the way somewhere. Hogan is walking in front of the Hells Angels and he has them follow him to the ring. Jesus, they're circling the ring for an hour. Now some leave as the NWO are in the ring. Nash yells in the mic and no one can hear him as the cyclists are revving around. Hogan tells everyone that they, are stinking, they have stinking backup. As for Flair saying that Hogan is under contract and Hogan agrees to that and he will fight anyone in WCW because he can beat anyone. Nash has the mic and hypes up the volunteers winning the BCS title but the fans are wearing black and red. Tonight, Nash is going to show everyone that he is the true giant. Steiner claims the NWO will get stronger than it will ever be. He is going to take on DDP, and he sees DDP, so maybe DDP is the people's champ? Well, DDP has nothing he wants or needs, but he's going to take his wife. Luger and friends try to calm him down. Steiner's arm is bigger than DDP's leg. Now, Hogan has a mic again and mocks Goldberg and his backup. Also, they'll be strong into the new millennium, and he drops some names like Van Damme. Well, match two, and it's Rey Mysterio versus Kaz Hayashi. Damn, only the second match. Ray is wearing the LWO shirt still, and Ray flies around the ring. Well, Luger's come down and he beats up Hayashi. Luger gets in the ring, he looms over Ray and wants to take off the shirt. Luger is insistent that Ray refuses. Luger kicks him and then decks him. Luger rips off the shirt and tosses him to the floor, but Ray lands on the apron and the speedball kicks him and then hammers him. Ray hits a crossbody, but for some reason leaps into him and is caught, giving a backbreaker and then stomped on. Luger calls for the rack. He racks Ray and here comes Conan. Sim and Conan ask what he's doing. The wolf, the wolf pack does not ride like that. He is no threat. Here comes Nash and the rest. Luger says he is cool, but they do not do everything together. Conan turns to Nash and tries to speak reason, and Luger clubs him from behind as Nash states, let me speak on this, and they beat him up as Hall tases him. Now Nash is spray-painting him. There's a brief Goldberg chant, but they turn into Sting chants. But Conan is out of the wolf pack. Another interview. Gene has called down the giant. Is the giant going to have a heart attack? He is huffing and puffing. Giant may have dropped the ball, but he is fighting Nash to kick his butt. And then he's going after the rest of the NWO. Giant admits that he may have gotten involved in the wrong things with the NWO. Jesus, he went heel to and face a dozen times. That's not ever going to change with the giant. 
Giant is going to scare the living daylights out of Nash and Chokeslam, and he will prove that he is and only Giant. Well, match freeze, Lenny Lane versus Booker T. Booker takes it to Lenny. Lenny hits him and heads to the floor to brag, and Booker heads out to, uh, after him and dismantles him. Back in the ring, and Booker spring ki- spin kicks him. This is a long squash. Booker hits a spine buster, and the Harlem kick finishes him off. Fans love it, but they do nothing with him. Well, in a vignette, it is a Hogan-Nash love fest. Nash mocks the Wolfpack feud, and he knows that their match would be match of the year. They brag about it. They show the finger poke over and over. They keep talking about it and how powerful the poke was. Hogan argues they set a whole new standard for tradition. Flair has nothing on them. They love each other and cry. Well, match four, Scott Steiner versus DDP. Steiner lets a lady in the front row rub his chest. Steiner mocks the boyfriend. Apparently, DDP did not like the Kimberly comments and has to be held back. He pancakes him and calls for the diamond cutter. Vincent runs down and shoves the ref in front of DDP and Buff throws powder in his face. Vincent eats the diamond cutter. Steiner blasts him with a chair and puts him in the recliner and gets the win. The NWO can't lose, can they? You know what I mean? Steiner began picking up the win in DDP. It was a a nice long match and the crowd was hot for it. In a pre-recorded interview, Goldberg admits mistakes. He's made a few. I've made mistakes. (laughs) A few. (laughs) Delivered, no. Um, at Starcade, he thought it would be a fair match. People would proper learn from their mistakes. He earned a doctorate that night, and that mistake will never happen again. They show Bischoff setting up the ring earlier today. He is getting yelled at and does not like it. He's all tangled up with the ring ropes. They do not want it dirty, and Bischoff is bitter about that. He is having issues, but finally getting it with some help. It was a long segment. Well, more Bischoff setting up the ring. Fans love the hey yo. He's talking about Goldberg's interview and mocks uh, uh, and makes electricity plums. Now serving, he asks if they want to see Goldberg shocked again, and he gets intelligence. That's Scott Hall, the hill in this one, doing that about Goldberg. And Scott Hall versus Bam Bam Bigelow is the next match. Well, Bigelow decks him, but he's put in a headlock. Bigelow shoves him down with ease. He beats him a bit more, and Hall retreats to the corner. Scott wants a test of strength and rakes the eye, and this allows him to hammer him in the corner. Bam Bam is whipped to the other corner and sandwiched, but returns the favour and misses a diving headbutt. Bigelow clotheslines him twice and kills him with a big vertical suplex. Bigelow gets two. Two. Now a Samoan drop. Disco is down and he has a taser. Ruff is there too and he shoves off Bigelow, but Bigelow decks him. Disco gave Hall the taser and he jabs Bam Bam with it, getting the win. Way to put three men over there, isn't it? Yeah, well done. Uh, more Goldberg, Hall is a loser, Luger really surprised him, and that is the worst mistake of his life. Class begins on Sunday. Why would Lex Luger hitting him in the back surprise him for? He's partly with NWO anyway, it's not like, you know. Anyway, match six, Cat Henning versus Vic Flair. Well, they lock up and Flair shoves him into the corner, Henning retreats to the floor. Henning gets back in and unloads some body chops, but Flair turns it around, but his back body dropped after the whip. Wyndham has come down and David Flair is down too. Flair is pounding Henning. The fans chant along and then Flair tosses him to the floor. David is right there and Barry Wyndham waylays him from behind. Rick runs down and beats both Barry Wyndham and Henning. Inside the ring, Flair clips the four, but Wyndham causes the DQ. Well, David trips up the hills and gives his dad a chair as the hills flee. And now up next, it is big sexy Kevin Ash. And he must be happy reunited. He's got more, talk about a serious Kevin Ash that we had. He's definitely more joking around now. And he's coming out with Scott Hall. We're going to go against the Giant. The Giant's already in the ring. And he wants to take out the NWO piece by piece. I really don't get Kevin Nash at this moment in time. Just mocking the Giant there as well. We've seen Goldberg 
backstage talking. I, I like the more serious Goldberg, but I don't know against Nash and Hall. I mean, the fans doing giant and mocking the giant. We saw at the start of last year Kevin Nash dropping the giant on his head. Are we going to see that again here? I might be wrong, but this might be the Giants' last match in WSW at this point. Nash definitely got a few fans here. Probably more so than the Giant. That doesn't help out either. That the uh, Kevin Nash was kind of face and now a heel. And he's acting facey as well. Indeed, yes. Uh, it is, you know, there have been a lot of, or too many back and forths. I know we've seen a fair few in... Uh, WWF, but I think they've kind of been justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, with the New Age out, it was kind of... That was a ruse, wasn't it? In cahoots, yeah. Yeah, they didn't properly turn. You know, with these ones, these guys are really turning and turning back. Yeah, just imagine if Austin, you know, had gone part of the corporation, and again, you think he is, and then he turns it back round, doesn't he? So, the Untake's kind of been the big turn, and The Rock, obviously, in WWF this year. Or in night night. Well, he's gone from Hill... To face briefly to Hill. Yeah. And the Undertaker went from face to Hill. But even Kane's gone from Hill to face in a weird way because he's still quite light. But it's about Nitro and Big Sexy takes the giant down with Big Boot. Goes for a cover but only getting a two count. Two. Kevin Nash might be bringing it here tonight. Big elbow drop. Well, Nash straight on the offense going for another cover but Big Show or the giant kicking out uh-huh. with a bit of authority. Uh-huh. And now the giant on the second rope, and look at Hall. Him out. Oh, as Nash drops the leg on the back of goal, uh, on the back of twice. And now Scott Hall, a big right hand, and now just playing the uh, bongos on the giant's head. The giant's a big man. He's definitely put on weight this year. Oh, big man. Last couple of years. As you say, though, he's been smoking. And he's on a fast food diet as well, you know, kind of giving up. He knew last year that they weren't going to put his money up, so he just waiting for his contract to run down. He thought this was fresh mercy, he'd just been put in the spot. Little did the giant know what would uh, wait for him in WWE. WWF. And Nash has been dominant on the giant. So the giant, he, I suppose he was probably one of the first to actually make the jump. Yeah, he's the most, kind of the start of it all. The, the start of the, a guy who's in WWE as a star, gone to WWF as opposed to kind of an undercard or something like that. You knew the giant. The giant was a big presence. And I think it's WSW's kind of um, reliance on the older stars and, you know, thinking, oh, someone like the giant could be easily rep- uh, replaced or, you know. But again, it would, you know, it would, his longevity in the WWF, I mean, 20 years. Well, him and Goldberg could have been the cornerstones of the company if they chose to, but they didn't, you know. And, and McMahon had plans in his, his mind for having the giant versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania in 2000. So he kind of, he wanted that to happen as well. You know, things didn't work out that way. But like I said, Giant, the big show, been around for 20 years. And Kevin Nash slamming down the Giant. But do you reckon that's what got the Giant and Jericho their chances? I mean, you know, a lot of other WCW talent was kind of buried. Yeah, WCW didn't give a chance. They didn't give, we've seen it, they didn't give a talent a chance. You, you get to a certain point in the card and you don't move up anymore. Yeah. Even, even with a giant, he's in the main event level. He's not fighting for the world titles anymore, but he's mixing up with these kind of guys, but not being paid that amount. The same with Jericho being cut off. You know, that Goldberg feud, just nothing really happened of that, did it? You know, and no. uh, even Reddy Guerrero, the LWO and Benoit not going past kind of United States title reign. 
it is pretty depressing at this point in time when you see you rely on the same guys. We've been watching WCW now for three, four years. And it's the same guys. It's the same NWO that started Hogan, Nash and Hall who made that change. Whereas you look at where WWF has been in 1996 to where it is now. Yeah. You know, Michaels and Brett have left, haven't they? You know, Austin was around, but now he's fully grown. The Rock debuted in 1996 and now he's a champion. Well, you know, the kind of guys that made WCW what it was were its downfall as well. Mm. Well, that doubt as Nash has been dominating this match. Giant finally making a comeback. Hall's come in the ring, but the referee's not called for the bell. He just took Scott Hall out. And now Irish ripping Nash in the corner. Now he's got Scott Hall. Stacking him up in the corner. Oh, a giant splash onto the outsiders. And now squashing him with his ass. Three times. Headbutts them both at the same time. Drops them to the mat. Nash goes to the outside and the giant has got his eyes on Scott Hall. He's pulled that sleeve down. He'll sing it down. He means business. Knife Ridge. And choke slam on Scott Hall by the Giant. But Kevin Nash, he's down at ringside. He's got himself an adjustable spanner or a wrench, as you would in America. The Giant going over to see Kevin Nash. Oh, my God. A shot to the face with it. The referee didn't see it. Do you reckon Bischoff planted that there for his friend Kevin Nash? Well, you think about it, he did set up the ring earlier. Goes for the cover. One, two. Nash beats the Giant. The NWO win again. And then now Bishop on the commentary team saying, did you see that? I'd sell it all up. <laughs> well, that's what they said. The, the NWO beating the corporate Giant. So he's on his way to the WWF. And, and the NWO, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, really. You know, they, they could have... Uh, <clears throat> but I don't know if the NWO now are going to spray paint him and do all sorts of stuff. Nash saying his uh, right hand very impressive. Not as good as a knockout punch that the giant would later adopt. But the well, uh, but the NWO they're kind of uh, a bit confused. They've half of them are wearing wolf pack shirts, half of them are wearing black and white shirts. Well, the, I think the cool members are wearing the black and red, and the B team's wearing the black and white because you've got Scott Norton yeah. there, Brian Adams, Horace Hogan, Stevie Ray. I mean, they shouldn't be in it, and they're tasering the giant. Liz is, of course, part of the NWO now. Buff Bagwell. I mean, you've got some real twats in that ring. Yes. And Hulk Hogan. There we go. They're going to spray paint him finally. I don't even know what they're spray painting. They're doing NWO in black and red. I'll tell you what, Hogan's not too bad with spray paint. <laughs> I suppose he's got a lot of experience over it, but still. And Lex Luger's a twat as well. I mean, I could get rid of most of that ring. I could actually get rid of all of them in the ring. I would rather get rid of all of them in the ring and keep the giant than have anyone else. And I think that's uh, what WF decided to do in the end as well. <laughs> Pretty much. What are you doing? James, what on earth are you doing? What am I doing? What's it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're trying to blow up some balloons. Yeah. No shit. Why are you blowing up balloons? You know why. Really? Yes, the end of the month. Do you mean the WNR 200 on January the 25th? Well, of course. We are live and it's going to be a party. We're playing games. So I thought not only snacks, but game changer, balloons. 
Well, I thought we would have a retrospective look back at 200 episodes of the WNR and pick out important or funny moments that we have made and tell everyone what goes into making the WNR podcast. Hey, all right, we'll do that instead then. Oh, well, we'll move on. What's Raw got in store then? January 11th, Raw 294. Well, Raw dipped a bit in the the ratings with a 5.5 across the board, but obviously remains smoking hot. Nitro did well too with a 5.0 off a great 5.9 start, but fell every hour to a 4.9 and 4.3. Well, DX come to the ramp, they do some bellowing and then introduce Mankind, who has a new intro song, which is, of course, that... The fans erupt. Gunn tells everyone who's not down with it to socko it, and the Rock and Vince and Shane are watching from the back and not happy. Mankind is happy and he finally got new entrance music. He keeps taking a lick in and keeps on ticking. He did not get there by himself and he wants to tell us a story. He would always call the WF and they would never return to his calls. Mankind though thanks JR and he hopes he gets better soon and wants him to call a Mankind match. Mankind realises he did not win that title on his own. He mentions Austin and the fans explode and he thanks him. He tells Stone Cold Steve Austin that he owes him one. As long as there are mankind, as long as mankind in the world, there is one chance. He achieved his dream last week. There's only one dream left for Mick Foley, and that is WrestleMania. Wow. But WrestleMania is not WrestleMania without Austin in the main event. There is nothing you would like better than to wrestle Austin in the main event. They would tear the house down at WrestleMania. <laughs> Cue the rock. Shane and Vince are there too. Shane calls him a disgrace and he's baffled as to why everyone likes him right now. There's not much more pros you can do about the fans or those watching at homes, but they can do something about DX. DX will be in the ring in singles competition. Also, there will be a corporate Royal Rumble. Whoever wins tonight will be the number 30 contender at the pay-per-view. The Rock has the mic and he, think, and he thinks that mankind runs his mouth and acts like a big shot, trying to act like The Rock when he is not. Rock declares that Mankind never beat him for the title. His cellulite ass had to get help from that redneck, a bald-headed jabroni. Austin's day will come, and The Rock will lay the smacker down on his candy ass like he never did before. It makes him sick that Mankind is holding his belt. He's not worthy. Well, Mankind looks like a monkey came down and took a giant crap in the ring. The fans need The Rock as a champ and want him as a champ. The fans want an articulate champ and the millions demand it. He demands a title match at the Rumble. Mankind responds that he's already beaten his ass twice and The Rock is just not championship material. Rock is not happy. He wants it and no. Mankind counters that what The Rock is cooking smells bad and now they have done that and Mankind won. Now The Rock adds in no count out. Mankind declines. The Rock is going off about Mankind, knowing his role. Mankind tells himself to check himself in... Mankind tells him to check himself into the Smackdown Motel. Mankind tells him to check himself into the Smackdown Motel and throws back his catch and tells him he will get no title shot. The Rock goes off again and questions his guts, basically. The Mankind does not like that. One day, he will reach in and put out Mr. Socko but it will be between the rock's legs and stick it where the sun doesn't shine, giving him an idea of what the rock is cooking. Rock bumbles and then Mankind accepts, and the rock wants to know what. Mankind, 
wants an I quit match. There will be no stopping a match for an excessive blood loss surely occur. Don't no, call me Shirley. No knockouts as Mankind will wake him up to knock him back down again. He's going to beat him up and he will look at Mankind with that ridiculous eyebrow and say, I quit. Vince wants, Vince wants to know what makes Mankind think he'll be champion in two weeks. He faces Kane tonight. That irks the rock. He really does not make much sense. Mankind states he will find out what the sock is cooking. And we are now entering the 22nd minute mark. Austin has arrived and Cole is having a coronary. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I, it's one of my first promos that I really enjoy. And what I liked about it is Mankind, known as a kind of idiot, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? In that kind of way, a kind of comic relief. He outsmarted The Rock in this one. Because The Rock, he, he knew he's going to have to give The Rock a match. But he was kind of, you know, bringing it out, bringing it out. First, it was kind of no con- no count out, no disqualification. Okay, corporate members banned from ringside. He was egging him on, egging him on. And he finally got him in a match that he wanted. An I quit match at the Royal Rumble. I quit! I know, honestly. It goosebumps when I think about it. Well, Austin has arrived in Colt. You've already said that. Match one is New Age Outlaws versus Jeff Jarrett. That is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T and Owen Hart. Before the match, Road Dog and Gunn discuss a distraction that Deborah poses. Gunn and Owen start. After a few moves, Owen is gorilla slammed. Jarrett runs in and it happens to him too. Gunn twists the arm and Taku kicks the arm and whips him into the ropes, dropping him with a back elbow to the face and gets beaten down. Well, Owen is in and so is Gunn. Owen is dropped and Deborah tries to distract him by showing her boobs. He tells her to suck it. Devil and distracts China, who goes for it, and Owen pins Road Dog, and China shoves her down. Oh, I could not see the last part of the match because they focused on Deborah and China. Well, the outlaws are not happy with China. Police are flanked outside of Gilberg's door. He comes out in like Goldberg, wearing a belt, and they are piped in chants. He asks the crowd if they want to know who is first. Luna runs down and wants to be first. Gil charges and is posted missing the spear. So match two is Gilberg versus Luna, and that's right, everybody. You didn't think WF took any shots at WCW. He's Gilberg, a little bald-headed man, or Dwayne Gill, who we saw at Survivor Series 1998, dressed up as uh, Gilberg here to go against Luna. Well, Gilberg is nutted, but blocks a suplex and gives one of her own. Well, Gilberg is nutted, but Luna blocks a suplex and gives one of her own. She lands on him, then chokes him out and drops the leg. Luna goes up top and beats him with a flying splash. The announcers mock Gilberg. A girl runs in and attacks Luna and is pulled off by security and escorted by the police. Well, Dennis Knight has been seen tied up in a dungeon, then later shouting because he got abducted by the acolytes on Raw last week. Well, Val Venus comes down. Val hits on some lady in the crowd and Shamrock runs down and beats the piss out of him. Shamrock yells not to mess with his sister. Shamrock leaves Val laid out. Oh, so Val started hitting on Ryan Shamrock, or whatever her name is. Uh, Billy Gunn comes down, he's going to moon his sister, and does so, claiming that she'll like that. Shamrock runs down and desiccates him. Now Val runs back and is not back out. Bossman runs down and fans are singing along with Gunn's music. Shamrock is giving him the title shot at the pay-per-view. Shamrock is aiming to put him down for good. Shamrock yells at his sister and then hugs her. Well, Mankind is talking to Austin in the back. And we get X-Pac versus Al Snow for the European title next. Al pounds him and then headbutts him in the corner numerous times. Pack is fl- flung into the corner, but gets the boot up only to run into a spinning backbreaker. 
Pack fires back with some kicks, but is nearly pinned after running into a power slam. Well, Snow body slams him and slowly goes up top and misses the moonsault. Pack strikes with a spinning heel kick. Snow conveniently backs into the corner and it's Bronco Buster time. Goldust runs down for some reason and hits Snow with head. Pack pins him. Is there a feud between Al and Goldust now? I don't know, I fucking know of. Uh, Al goes after Goldust, but is walloped again by head. Well, Vince is making sure Kane can win the title as he wants to do it on his own. So it's Kane versus Mankind for the WF title. And right at the bell, Kane attacks and then beats him up on the steps. But Mankind counters the smashing Kane's onto the steps. He goes to the apron, leaps on him, then drives the steps to the back of Kane. Mankind gets to the ring and then grabs at Kane, only to get smacked. Kane pounds him into the corner with punches and a headbutt. Mankind is whipped into the corner, but Kane runs into an elbow. They exchange shots and Mankind charges, only to be picked up and planted. Mankind is then sent for the ride and eats a boot to the face. Kane then chokes him out against the ropes. Kane continues to batter him, but telegraphs the backdrop. Driver. Mankind rolls to the floor after him and continues punishing him. But Kane hangs him up over his back and runs him back into the steps. Mankind is rolled back in and Kane gets two. Two. Kane goes up on top and striking with a flying clothesline and he gets another two. Two. Kane goozes him, but Mankind kicks him in the nuts and hits a double arm DDT. He has Socko, but Kane rises up only to turn into Socko. Mankind is trying to get locked in, but Kane is able to back into the corner. Mankind to break it, but he's piggybacked on Kane and is turned into a tombstone. Both men are running down, though. Kane slowly goes to cover him. Rock runs down and pushes Kane away and blasts him with a chair. And again, he hits the Mankind too. Here comes Austin and the Rock brandishes the chair after egging him on. Mankind takes it from him and Rock sprints to safety. It was a fun match, but it doesn't make the champ look strong. Should have had him kick out. Uh-huh. Or at least something. Well, Austin is giving the chair, but kicks and stuns him and does the same to Kane. Well, Vince is upset with Rock. Rock refuses to let that red retard get the belt and he will make Mankind scream that he quits. And match five is Triple H versus Edge. Triple H delivers a series of blows, knocking him around the ring. Then mounts and pounds him in the corner, but Edge drops down and Triple H smacks a top turn buckle. Edge spin kicks him and then chokes him out and does it some more after the break. Edge kicks him and Triple H fires back, sent into the ropes and face planted and Edge gets a two count. Two. Edge leaps at him in the corner and misses. Triple H unloads some rights and hits the high knee. Now another knee and Triple H gets two. Two. Edge is whipped into the corner and runs into a boot, but Trips kicks him once and goes for the pedigree, but it's knocked down and, uh, and slingshotted into the corner. Edge goes for a move, but it's countered with a pedigree. Man, Edge is good. Too bad they've turned him into a jobber. Yeah, and I bet nothing ever happens for him as well. He'd never go on to do anything. He'd never win the Royal Rumble. No. Never win Money in the Bank. No. Never become a 13 or 12. 12 I think. Never become a 12-time champion. No. Never become anything. 10-time tag team champion. 7-time Ecclenel champion. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a shame what happens with WWE. Jobber. Well, the brood attack and the lights go out again. They come back on and the road dog is all bloody. Bloody hell. Undertaker's talking about his ministry. Yeah, he's talking about pain and suffering and not resisting. There are souls and nightmares and he is the heart of darkness. Hell has relocated to Earth. <clears throat> well, funnily enough, this is actually about the same time goths were big, wasn't it? So... Yeah, to be fair, I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was kind of digging it on TV. Plus, with the Untaker's character, there wasn't kind of, to go hill, there wasn't really a lot he could do. He kind of went satanic and kind of like the, the devil-type character. And 
you, like you said, with the attitude here and stuff, it was kind of coming to the end of the character anyway, in a weird way. Well, there's a body laid out, and they are doing some sort of ritual. I think it is the Undertaker, and they are speaking in tongues. Really? He's cutting his wrist and putting the blood on the body and in a cup. It is Dennis Knight laid out, and Undertaker giving him the cup, and he's renaming Knight Midian. Midian? Hmm. Well, they're cutting their skin and making designs. Now we know why we're afraid of the dark, and the fire lights up the Undertaker's insignia. And Terry has recovered from her miscarriage quite quickly. Yeah. I mean, so the Undertaker there, we saw him being buried alive, he's come back kind of more satanic, uh, satanic type character. And Terry Reynolds, like you said, has got over a miscarriage as well. Well, D'Lolo is willing to do anything for her, but not this. Terry whines that he promised to do anything. So it is match six, and it is D'Lo Brown versus Mark Henry. They shove each other. Terry nuts Henry from behind. Here comes China and her man friend, Sammy. China and Sammy help him out and take... Well, Vince is training again, running in the snow. Shane is yelling at him to get after it. Vince refuses to chase a chicken, and he finally does so. He carries wood. Vince tells him he will pay... This is not like a movie. He's hitting raw meat. Shane keeps coaching him. These vignettes that Vince training are fucking hilarious. And and the noises as well. He, he's training and he's like, I ain't Aston. I ain't Aston. I ain't Aston. And it's just, it's fucking, you know, he's training like a Rocky move. Da-da-da. They can't Da-da-da. use the music officially, but if they could, they honestly would put that on there. And match seven is the uh, corporate Royal Rumble for the number 30 spot in the pay-per-view Royal Rumble. So Shamrock Man on commentary with Michael Cole and the King going to explain the corporate rumble to us and Ken Shamrock was in the ring. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Billy Gunn is getting uh, a very positive reaction recently and you can see there this guy's an athlete. He looks like a star. You know, I know you've got Triple H here but Billy Gunn has definitely got his fans and Shamrock is annoyed that he mooned his sister. But he's Mr. You know, he's Mr. Ass. He's badass Billy Gunn. So, so it's going to be DX versus the corporation here. And Shamrock just jumped over the top. Eliminated himself. Uh, I don't think he realised the match has started. And it is over the top rope. And Shamrock is just crazy about Billy Gunn. Well, Shamrock might have eliminated himself. But he's looking to eliminate Billy Gunn now. And the officials trying to get Shamrock... Away, but he's got Billy Gunn. Well, thou shall not cover my friend's sister. Even though they're not friends. I'm just talking to you right now. And Shamrock now has got Billy Gunn. I wouldn't go with your sister again. Again, James, you know I'd never have your sloppy seconds. Uh, <laughs> so the corporate rumble, of course, the Royal Rumble event in two weeks' time. But as Billy Gunn gets in the ring and the officials trying to get rid of Shamrock, we're waiting for the next competitor... This is not going to help Billy Gunn right now. No, it is the big bossman. And Billy Gunn's looking for some hot time. And our bossman, big right hands to Billy. Shamrock's finally leaving. He's only leaving because he wanted to leave. So at the corporation, DX, who do you think is going to get number 30 then? I reckon, I'm going to say big bossman. Look how dominant he is right now. Is he going to close on Billy Gunn? Billy Gunn there with a close eye, knocking down bossman. So it's just X-Pac versus the corporation. Bossman. Why was X-Pac never called his group X-Men rather than X-Factor? That would have worked, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? X-Men. And then he could have another group and they'd be like, they're X-Men too. <laughs> anyway, so his boss man's trying to get rid they of They could have gun. a last man standing <laughs> match. 
Uh, then they have a first class. Uh, X-Men, X-Men, Bossman, trying to get rid of Billy Gunn as we wait for the next person. Oh, my God. It's the Outlaws music, but here comes Test. Test. This is Test to the Outlaws music. Well, wait a minute. This is meant to be the road dog. What's going on here? And Billy Gunn now just being a whipping boy. And then Test Irish whipping Billy Gunn into Bossman. Would you rather be watching this or... Um, would you rather be watching right now this or Giant versus Kevin Nash? I think this would probably be a lot, lot more entertaining. I don't know at the moment. I know we're waiting to see who the next guy is, but I mean, at least at that time, it's a bigger match for me as Billy Gunn going out. Well, yeah, knowing, you know, knowing that it is potentially uh, the Giants' last match in WCW, then that would probably take precedence. But this, I think, you know, there's more going for this. You know, it is a... Whoever wins this is number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, here comes X-Punk. Well, Vincent Mann thought he was number 30 in the Rumble, but that came out to bite him. He's now number two and Austin is number one. And now it's two on two, DX and the Corporation, but Bossman just squatted, swatted X-Punk there like a fly. Billy Gunn back to his feet. Do I get a bonus point if only Lorcan and Danny Burch come out number one and number two at the Royal Rumble? Because no, they're no, number no, one no, and number no. two. Oh, Billy Gunn's gone. Test has eliminated Billy Gunn. X-Puck there. Uh, Test there. Hip-tossing Billy Gunn. We've been beaten down and now it's 2-1 on X-Puck. And this is not good. Gut wrench powerbomb. Jack Swagger's finishing move. In about 10 years' time. And Boss Man and uh, Test. Just beating down on X-Puck. Oh, Pack fighting back though. He's got so much heart, so much determination. Ali. What, Mustafa Ali? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I was about to say. And we're waiting for the next guy, and here comes Road Dog. Finally, looks like he's been eating some what's it? Yeah, no, well, he got um, covered in blood earlier by the brew, didn't he, accidentally? Just in case you think he had an accident with Terry Reynolds. And now he's going to go into the corner with Test. <laughs> what, too soon? <laughs> X Buck Trouble, dog stopping Saying him. Saying that, I probably wouldn't doubt it because he is covered in blood up to his shoulder, so that is probably about the depth of Terry. Yeah, I know. And Ted's now in a bit of trouble. And so is X Buck being picked up by Bossman. But at least the numbers are a bit more equal now, you know. It is two on two as opposed to the two on one corporation advantage. Did he get dumped in blood like this side of the ring? Yeah, you can see where, you can see exactly where it happened. The is. And who is next in this corporate rumble? Might be Gilberg. Oh, my oh. God. All right, my pick is Kane. Kane! It's Kane! It's Kane! Is he fighting in this rumble for the corporation or is he fighting in this rumble for Kane? Well, if he fights in this rumble for Kane, he might find him saying Asylum again by Vincent Mann and those white coats. Kane is having to do everything that man says, but at this moment, Kane's coming out. He's just looking for a path of destruction. Uh-oh. Road well, Dogs. I thought Road Dog was in trouble then, but sent it to the top turnbuckle. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, he's still in trouble, but just not eliminated yet. And X-Puck, and Road Dog's gone. Kane chokeslams him over. And Kane now just stopping down X-Puck. They sent Ro- Kane sent Road Dog packing, and now it's three and one. And his heart may be big, but God damn it, Dan, it can't be that big. Triple H. And who will be next? And here comes Triple H. First bonus point of the year. The leader of DX. And he's taking down Test. And these two men are going to have a little bit of history in 1999 as well. But we'll go on to that later on in the year. 
Kane's got Triple H up. Oh, Test plenty to Kane. Kane didn't like it. Throws Test out. And now Kane's in trouble. Oh, Triple H and X-Pac eliminate him. Oh, and X-Pac goes thanks to Boss Man. It's now Boss Man and Triple H. Oh, my God. These two men slugging it out now. Shane's going mental on commentary. Well, the final two men fighting it out here. Oh, he's written a big back elbow. <clears throat> Trip's telling Bossman to suck it. Bossman could be going. No, he can't get Bossman over. It's just a weight discrepancy. And two men left, but the buzz is going. Oh, my God. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Looks like he's been bitten by the Incredible Hulk. Coming out here. Look at Shane smirking, Dan. No, James. He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face. <laughs> Because he knows his dad's not going to be number two, two, but number 30. Um, boss man attacks Triple H from behind. And look at that man. He's just, he's just so big. And now Boss Man's going to get rid of Triple H. And McMahon's in. Here comes McMahon. Eliminates Bossman and Triple H. Wins the corporate Royal Rumble. And Mr. McMahon... Has he got the job done? Is he going to be number 30 now in the Royal Rumble? And look at McMahon! <laughs> Pulling the t-shirt off. Like Hogan, but there's another participant. It's China! <laughs> China's here! Well, McMahon thought he pulled one over on DX and the Corporation. Did they she... forgot about the main member of DX. <laughs> Oh, no, Patterson and Briscoe are going to stop this. Can't let China get in. There's never been a woman in the Royal Rumble, has there? There's never, ever been a wo- woman in the Royal Rumble. And Patterson and Briscoe stopping them. But, man... This isn't the women's revolution yet, China. Well, she's out of a depth going in there against the owner of the WWF. Oh! <laughs> well, are they friends to hit China? China decks both of them. Oh, my God! <laughs> Is swallowing hard. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin's here. And Austin wants McMahon. McMahon wants Austin. Oh, China! Froze Vin... <laughs> Do you see the way he got eliminated? <laughs> Fuck. Froze him out over the top. China's number 30. <laughs> in the Royal Rumble. Austin gets one over McMahon. Yet again here. And like I said, China, the first woman in the Royal Rumble, will be number 30. Again, brilliantly done, Dan, isn't it? Well, Austin, you know, he may be injured. Yeah. But he still manages to play a pivotal part in matches, which is brilliant. I know. You've got to love it, haven't you? It does put a smile on your face as China now. And that is the difference between Nitro. You watch Nitro and it's a chore. You watch Raw and it's a kind of joy. And this, this is why I, despite her downfalls, China should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, they've accepted Hogan back with open arms, despite being racist, despite having his own porno movie out. I mean, China's done a few porn. So has Sunny. You know, they've all welcomed her back. There's no reason why China should not be in the Hall of Fame. It's it's ulterior motives if China's not involved. And forget about anything with Stephanie McMahon, anything like that. Yeah, you look at the impact before... Or after China, you know, you look at what China did, 
there's probably going to be no woman that ever does that again. You know what I mean? To be able to compete with the men she wasted. The, the WWE doesn't, doesn't like to do that as well. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, they, they, she needs to go into the Hall of Fame. We've talked about this before, yeah. And it just it's just great. The attitude was just so fun. Like you said, you had Nash versus the Giant and one on, on Nitro, but then you had all that excitement as well. You had Deation, of course, you know, Epic showing up there. It's just fucking brilliant, you know? So what do you think of WWF taking a shot at WCW with Gilberg? I think WWF took a lot of shots, and I think there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get mentioned. Shots on commentary, or like the billionaire Ted skits that they did. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, uh, and even the DX invasion of WSW as well, you know, you could technically say that was another shot at WSW. WF kind of paint themselves as being good, WSW bad. I think it's a couple of WSW things they did well, like giving away the results sometimes were good. Obviously not in a Shivani comparison and stuff. But I think there's a lot more that happened that we don't know about. Um, you know, like DX and Personate the Corporation, I didn't know that happened in 1998 and we saw that, do you know what I mean? And now we're kind of seeing the stuff that we know. I mean, it's a bit shocking, but we kind of knew about Goldberg, didn't we, you know? So we'll see how uh, WCW, if they've got anything to respond. I mean, they've got an awful thing coming on later in the year, Oklahoma. Is a shot at J.I. It is, it is the worst in the world and we'll be watching that. Anyway, so let's move on. WCW's pay-per-view time. It's January 17th. And it's WWE sold out 1999. Now sold out 99 0.78 buy rate, so it got 330,000 buys, which is not too bad when you consider last year's got 170,000 buys. So twice as many as that for this one. People are excited; they want to see Goldberg versus Scott Hall. But we had a few other matches as well. Start us off, Dan. What did we have? Well, the first match was Chris Benoit, and he defeated Mike Enos by submission in a singles match. Yeah, a basic match here. Enos, kind of a little bit of offence, but Benoit got the job done with a cross face and was really, really over. Match two was Norman Smiling. He defeated Chavo Guerrero also by submission. Yeah, we've seen these two mixed before, haven't we, you know? And uh, they, they kind of mixed up well there with Pepe getting destroyed. Uh, he come out with, you know, him in bits, basically, in a bag. And Smiley did his kind of wiggle and the commentators like him. I don't mind him. He got the job done with the uh, chicken wing to, to finish it. Quite a long match, that was. Yeah. Uh, the Fit Finley defeating Van Hammer. Again, these first three matches shouldn't have been on pay-per-view, you know. It's just a waste of time. Finley beating him with a tombstone pile driver. Uh, just a waste of space, really. Uh, match four is a bit more of a personal match, which probably had a place on this card, and that is Bam Bam Bigelow defeating Raf. I mean, this match last month probably would have mattered, but since Kevin Nash has beaten Raf and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow hasn't, and Bigelow's kind of lost to Scott Hall and stuff, lost its luster, but Bigelow got the victory with uh, greetings from Aylesbury Park. I think that's it for Raf now, basically. Yeah, and uh, another match which a bit more of a personal flavour, and that is Lex Luger defeating Conan by submission with the torture rack. I'm not a huge Conan fan, right? But he was really popular in the Wolfpack, wasn't he? He you know was, what I mean? yeah. And the thing is, is that if he's popular with the Wolfpack, then the thing you need to do is kind of carry on that popularity. What you don't need to do is come away from Wolfpack and then have him lose to Lex Luger. I know you might be wanting to push Lex Luger, but there's too many hills. You've got Scott Steiner, you've got, uh, you got Hollywood Hogan, you've got Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Uh, Bret Hart is, is injured at the moment, but he's going to be coming back. So all bad guys, you know. Uh, and Lex, and don't, you know how much I hate Conan. Maybe it's his T-shirt, but with, with Conan, I just thought, give him a little sank. And he got made to look like an idiot in this match with Lex Luger and got beaten by the fucking um, torture rack as well, which is not good for a babyface to submit, is it, you know? It is not, no. Uh, match six was Chris, 
Chris Jericho with Ralphus defeating Perry Saturn by submission. Lou must wear a dress match. Yes, and uh, much like their previous encounters, it was a good match between Jericho and Saturn. Uh, like I said, the referee again screwing uh, Perry Saturn out the the victory. Uh, saying he taps out when he didn't and he has to wear the dress now from from now on basically Jericho and Ralph has got one over on Saturn uh, Billy Kidman defeated Rey Mysterio Jr Juventud Guerrera and Psychosis in a fatal four way match for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship so we talked about the triple threat match from last month at Starcade. I mean this just added Psychosis to it and again it was a great match Dan wasn't it you know absolutely brilliant I think the Cruiserweights are a thing that are kind of the shining beacon in WCW. Yeah, without a doubt, and all four really talented guys. Then we had Rick and David Flair with Arn Anderson defeating Kurt, uh, Kurt Henning and Barry Windham. Uh, this is David Flair's first professional match. He started off with, with um, Windham. Uh, David Flair is not good, 19 years old. And yeah, it worked great. The crowd loved everything Rick Flair did. Uh, Effort was going fine until the NWO came, and it was the entire NWO down there, wasn't it? Whipping them all with belts, spray painting again. They they handcuff Ric Flair. They just make faces look awful, don't they? Really, the NWO. Indeed, yes. Do you think Rick should have teamed up with Charlotte? I think Rick should have picked anybody else apart from David Flair. Rick? You know, no, but Ric Flair. You know, he's had people about DDP. What's he doing in this pay per view? But what about the main event, Dan? The main event is Goldberg versus Scott Hall. In a stun gun ladder match. Yeah, and this is all down to Scott Hall getting involved. So Goldberg should be beating Scott Hall at this pay-per-view. Kevin Nash at the next one. And then facing Hogan soon for the title, I would say, then, if they're going to do that right. If they're going to do it right, yes. But they're not. So Scott Hall's going to win this. Taze Goldberg. Go against Kevin Nash in another finger poke of doom style match. And then Hogan's going to be sat at the top of the mountain. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens here. Uh, The objective of the match is to retrieve the stun gun by climbing a ladder and tasing the opponent with the gun to win the match. But Goldberg coming out of entrance, he's still... It wasn't a streak. He's still over, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? The fan's still into Goldberg. He is still, yes. And, um, you know, despite having one loss on his career, you know, in his WCW career, I think that's kind of uh, everything he's done now. Everything he's achieved, it's kind of... To have Kevin Nash defeat him and then to give up the title to Hogan the way he did a week later is a real slap in the face for for everything. Can Goldberg get a bit of revenge tonight as he pushes Scott Hall away? Well, could it have been done differently? Could it have been like the leader of the WCW, Goldberg, against the leader of the Wolfpack, Nash, against the leader of the NWO, Black and Whites, Hollywood, and then have like kind of Goldberg get a bit distracted outside of the ring, and then have Nash lay down for Hogan. Yeah, but, yeah, I know. But the problem is, is the, the the politics about it. Hogan. You know, the reason why he walked away originally was because the ratings weren't going in his favour. And then he come back thinking he can help. He saw what the hottest thing was at the moment was the Goldberg thing. That's why he, he allowed to drop the title to Goldberg, thinking he was going to get a rematch to win it back. He had his warrior thing, didn't he? Like I said, walked away, come back, and now Nash is kind of on top as the kind of lead guy, and Hogan wants to be a part of it, you know? And that's what Hogan has kind of somehow managed these past three years when you should have had Goldberg leading the generation in 99, you should have had Sting doing it in 1998, you know, and a proper challenger in 1997. Instead, it's been Hogan who's come out with the title on top. Sting went out with a whimper. They're trying to hope the same thing doesn't happen to Goldberg because there's still fans interested in the product as well. The ratings aren't being, you know, even though Raw is strong, 
Nitro is still very strong in itself. Getting 5.5.5s and stuff like that is still great rating. So it's not the end of the world, but they they need to get their story right. They need to have a... With WF, you know they've got a plan in action, you know, and, and it, we yeah. will see in 99 that they actually have as well, which is brilliant. And it's Goldberg, Scott Hall match. It started off quite slowly. you got Scott Hall ta- taunting Goldberg. And Goldberg, it looks like he's taking his time. Is he a bit cautious of Scott Hall? He's got to be a bit wary. You've got to maybe think he's feeling the effect as well. In the past, you know, he's got a big knee brace on now. He's been attacked by the NWO. And, of course, you know, what happened to him at Starcade, not only mentally, not even physically, but mentally with Bill Goldberg in this match. And Scott Hall, is he taking Goldberg seriously in this one as well? The thing about a ladder match is Scott Hall is as much as Shawn Michaels kind of made the, the match famous, didn't they? At WrestleMania 10, then at SummerSlam 95 as well. And Scott Hall trying to slam Goldberg, but Goldberg quickly turning it around. And you can see that knee is definitely giving him some jip. Well, Goldberg got distracted by nothing then as Scott Hall worked the leg. Goldberg reverses. Oh, big slam, but he's still favouring that left knee of his. Hey, he's even selling really good, or he actually has got hurt leg. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Scott Hall goes to work on it. Well, we've not seen many people take Goldberg down for long, and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, maybe they've got Goldberg's numbers. Maybe the outsiders will be on top here. Well, again, you know, it could come into play that Goldberg thinks, well, you know, I'm, I am defeatable, even if it was under shady circumstances. And the thing that tarnished his streak is actually hanging above the ring during this match. Well, WWE got to learn not to fuck it up because of the Gilberg thing. You know, what one wrestler did WF target out of all of them? It was Goldberg. So they know Goldberg is a star in his own right. They know they've got something there to, to do it right. But, you know, maybe WF are thinking with WSW, we'll take a shot at him and then they'll fuck him up in in his own right. They, they've got to think WSW is going to do what's right by Goldberg at this time. There's no doubt he should be the number one guy and everything should be about him. That's why he's main event in the pay-per-view for, you know. We know Hollywood Hogan's going to defend his title at Super Bowl, pay-per-view in February. But as for now, you know, Scott Hall's been all over Goldberg. Well, yes. Brock, Hulk Hogan, Lesnar. You know, he's uh, he's appearing just as much as Brock does nowadays. Well, it's the thing, and he's been doing it for years, you know. Hogan's been on top of WCW since 1995, coming in, 1994, coming in, beating Flair. Oh, Scott Hall with kind of like a, a takedown to Goldberg, draping his leg across that ladder. And now Goldberg sends Scott Hall into barricade. And now Goldberg finds Scott Hall back in the ring. So during the opening promo, they cut to Goldberg down on the locker room floor, and it seems there will be an injury angle in place for Goldberg. And now Goldberg is busted wide open as well by uh, Scott by Scott Hall. This is more punishment he took against Kevin Nash. And that ladder's come into play. Nash is, uh, Hall's been beating him around ringside, throwing him back in with the ladder set up now. So do you think they needed to kind of put an injury, injury angle in place for Scott oh. Hall? Uh, well, Scott Hall there, uh, dumping Goldberg off. And then elbow dropping him off that ladder. Must have been at least eight rungs up. At least 12 rungs in the air. And then the ladder come down and hit Scott Hall on the back. Well, this is the most we've seen Goldberg selling in a match. So there's obviously a problem. Scott's been dominating at the moment. This well, is not how you thought it would go. You nah. Know? Well, as I'm saying, you know, does the injury angle kind of 
help this match, you know, in his favour, you know, otherwise Goldberg would just be too, too dominating. Well, the thing is, though, I don't get it. It's because, like, they give a finger poke of doom after all that kind of build-up, and yet they go, well, we have to give him, like, a 20-minute match. Well, no, if Goldberg's really pissed off, and he wants a bit of retribution, then it would be the old Goldberg coming out, spear, jackhammer, with an injury, it would help the storyline. Yeah. And then maybe when he's fit, he can face him again, you know, and have a kind of a proper match, as you were. But at this moment, a ladder match doesn't help out at all, especially with kind of injury that Goldberg's got. <laughs> well, in my preference, the way I would have done this is I would have Goldberg dominating Scott Hall early on, spearing and jackhammering, keeping Scott Hall down, a few members of the NWO come down the ramp. Goldberg just charges at them, spears the fuck out of them, takes like about three, four, five members of the, the B-team NWO out, climb the ladder, tase him, job done. Yeah, it's the thing, because Scott Hall's not the kind of end boss, is he? You know what I mean? Nah. He's the kind of guy Goldberg <clears throat> needs to go through to get to Kevin Nash, and then Hogan, or maybe even Hogan, and then Kevin Nash. I Scott mean, Steiner. Because he is the boss of the NWO yeah, at the I moment. Mean, Scott's done a bit good one, of. but then again, you kind of pro. I want it to be kind of cut short, as in like, you know, if Goldberg could beat the three original members of the NWO on paper, if he beats Hogan for the title, and then the next paper he faces Nash, and it's a rematch of Starcade, this time with no outside influence, then you could either go, you know, Nash trying to do it again, and Goldberg finally getting the victory, and then, you know, build a feud from that. The whole point of having heels is so the faces can go over, not the other way around. And yeah. in WWF, they do it well, the good guys coming out on top. Whereas on WSW, it seems like the heels always have to have the last laugh. And like I said, very reminiscent of kind of what it is today in WWE in some way. But if, if it is the heels doing kind of like the running of the show, the booking, then, you know, of course they're going to have themselves coming out on top. Well, Nash is running the show in that way, writing it as a booker. You've got Hogan, who's got creative control in his contract and can basically do what he wants. And Nash and Hall have also got the uh, United... They've got a, a thing in their contract. If anybody else signs along with more money, they'll be paid that amount as well. So, it's just so much money going on in politics at this time. And Goldberg, who's very green still at this point, doesn't know who to listen to, might be listening to the wrong people, you know? And there's not really anybody in control either. There's not Bischoff is not really in control of it, you know? The the, the inmates are, are running the asylum, whereas in WWF, Vincent Mann's very clear goal, whether you like it or you're not, and still to this day, it's him calling the shots and, you know, you know what's going on backstage. Well, Hall had the ladder charging at Goldberg, but he kind of swiped it to one side, took down Hall, but that knee is definitely causing Goldberg some bother. And how can he climb a ladder if he's got an injured leg? Well, this is the thing of Scott Hall's plan has worked perfectly here. Outsmarting the good guy is the bad guy. Now, I trip to Goldberg. Oh, reverse sends Hall into the ladder. And then the ladder falls on Scott Hall. Now, Goldberg's got the ladder. Ladder to the midsection. Throws it at the back of Hall. Goldberg picks the ladder up and then he hits himself in the face. He's, got, he's going to use it as a battering ram to take out Scott Hall. It would be funny if he just like picked up the ladder and just like hit the latest taser from up there. And now Goldberg raining down on shots to Scott Hall. This is vicious from the ladder. Oh, now Goldberg setting up the ladder. Looking to go up top. Can he climb it? <clears throat> Will he? Drop kick to the ladder. Sends Goldberg off. He landed... On his feet, but I think, you know, the, like the impact of it going up through his leg. And then the old ladder to the face trick by Scott Hall. 
It's not pretty, but it's effective. And the ladder's got to be bent. Not that I'm saying it's wrong for ladders to be bent. There's nothing wrong. 21st century. I'm LGBTQ. Yeah, friendly. That's fine. Ladders can be whatever they want. And, of course, we all know what the L stands for. It's ladders. Yes. And Goldberg now stopping Scott Hall for going up. Well, Hall kind of miscalculated that one. Looking to be crutched on the top rope, but kind of catches it at the back of his right knee and tumbles to the mat, but effective nonetheless. No, I think you might need a drink when he goes backstage. <sighs> that looks like it hurt. Now Goldberg surely going to go up the ladder. Don't call me Shirley, but he is taking his time, especially with that injured left leg. Disco comes running down, though. Why is Disco here? He wants to be part of the Wolfpack. You're not. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Goldberg took it on the chin there. Disco is costing Goldberg again. It's the second match in a row he's got involved. And this is a disgrace. Scott Hall is going to beat Goldberg. He's trying to say to him, go on, go up and get it. Well, that ladder definitely isn't standing correctly. Not there's anything wrong with that. Is Scott Hall going to go up? You would have thought they'd learned their lesson by getting more than one ladder. But no, they haven't. And Scott Hall's got the taser. Now he just needs to use it. Well, Scott Hall's climbed up, got the taser, and like I said, only need, all he needs to do is zap Goldberg, just like he did at Starcade. But Goldberg's up. Sidestep Scott Hall, come charging towards him. No, looking to tase Goldberg, but he blocks it. On one leg, managing to dodge it, ducks under. And that taser's crackling away as Scott Hall tries to catch Goldberg with it. But he gets caught with a super kick. And the taser, I think, falling out of the ring. The taser's on the outside on those wafer-thin mats. Goldberg trying to find it. <clears throat> Hall trying to crawl after it. <laughs> Goldberg, I think, can't use his leg properly. But now he's got it. And he's paid back a bit for Scott Hall. It's time! It's time! It's taser time! Oh, Disco gets it in the chest. Just as long as he don't tase Ric Flair, he's got a problem with heart conditions. Mm. And Scott Hall begging off for Goldberg, costing Goldberg the WCW title. Drop it down and join the NWO. What the fuck's he waiting for? Goldberg rips off his skin and he's got a wolf pack top and he tases himself. <laughs> and he's going to say to Scott Hall, throw up in the air, he's going to get it. Oh, spears Scott Hall. Brilliant dummy. What happens after the spear, Dan? Well, James, he jacks him up, hammers him down. And what happens after the jackhammer, James? Well, he picks up that taser and he sticks it right into Scott Hall. And then tasers him. Okay. Goldberg wins. Bam Bam missed his cue a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Goldberg beats Scott Hall. Bam Bam's in. And Bam Bam, who... Forgot about Goldberg for a month and decided to come back out here now. Has Bam Bam joined the NWO? Is he in cahoots? Well, oh, no, no. no. Oh, for fuck's sake. Scott Hall just tases everyone. Goldberg was on top for about five seconds there. Goldberg won the battle, but maybe lost the war. That's how we end the paper with Scott Hall out on top. Standing tall. What do you think of that, Dan? Hmm? What do you think? Awful. I mean, what a mistake it was for WCW to even not have Goldberg standing tall 
for one pay-per-view for have Goldberg and Bam Bam Bigelow getting involved. That could have been on Nitro tomorrow with Goldberg giving a promo afterwards. That, that would have been fine. There was no need for that, and they kind of ruined it. You know, it's, it's a real, real shame what they did. Uh, anyway, we move on Nitro, and it is uh, January 18th, episode 175. Yes, the pay-per-view was going to have a good setup for the future. Now, Goldberg, Conan, and others have to get some sort of rep, uh, retribution. Ratings did drop to around 4.5 after a 5.8, then it fell to a 4.5 and a 4.3. Raw got a 5.55 off of a 5.3 and a 5.8 for the go-home show. The horsemen are in the back and are really irate about what happened last night to David. Camera off, and Hogan is a dead man. A limo is arriving with the NWO inside of it. They are giggling about random nonsense. Flair sees Hogan getting out and the horsemen attack him, or actually the limo. The limo leaves as they question Flair's sanity. Flair struts out to the ring and Gene is there. And mean, by God, Gene and Flair is calling out Hogan. He is the president of WCW and he told him to ride out in a sunset doing what he wanted. He would work for WCW and Flair. Flair's first real shot at running the company is Hogan resting his ass, Flair's, for the title. He's not telling Hogan and then calls him a son of a bitch and a tangent of his son and Flair is basically going to kill him. Flair wants to kill Hogan dead. It is now personal. Hogan has kids and a family but doesn't have the guts to do something by himself. At Super Bowl, he swears to God that the two will walk in one in and one will walk out. He is on fire and turns to Bischoff who will not run things on his side. So are you telling me they're setting up for a Ric Flair versus Hogan match five years after they first met in WWE pay-per-view? Woo! Seems that way. Well, Flair wants to get... Flair wants him to get his hand out of the toilet and his ass out here. He repeats that. Here comes Bischoff and he assures Flair he had nothing to do with last night. Flair does not seem to care... Tonight, Bischoff can do something tonight that promoters cannot do the world over as Bischoff is called an arsehole by the fans and Flair soaks it in. He knows Bischoff is behind it all and wants to beat him right now. Well, Bischoff counters there is nothing in his contract that states he has to wrestle in a condescending tone, of course. Flair responds with some yelling and incoherency, but if Flair loses, he will shave his head. He drops some elbows and Bischoff begs off and turns to leave. Flair is begging him for one more match and Bischoff can even have the company. He causes Bischoff to pause and come back. He goes over what Rick said, but David comes out and shoves Bischoff. David screams that he is pissed about what happened. David wants him and Bischoff is for it. So Rick is not so much. David yells that he wants him and Eric Bischoff agrees to the earlier stipulation and tries to leave, and now Bischoff will get his head shaved if he loses after Flair had a moment. Oh my gosh, what a big match that is. And we move on to Chris Jericho versus Booker T. These two have been mixing it up in the early going as well. Booker T started strong, looks like Jericho has taken a little bit of control of on the outside. Oh, a front suplex there, Booker T, onto those mats. Dan, how thin are those mats? Their mats are mere millimetres thick, and they are over pure concrete. This is the thing that annoys me, you know, WCW does a lot of bad things, but they can still offer Jericho versus Booker T. Just think about how long these two would stay on with WWE for afterwards, you know. I mean, Jericho now is still wrestling, of course, and Booker T is a legend in his own right. And now look at Jericho, so impressive. 
Lovely delayed vertical suplex there. They must have held him up for at least 20 seconds. At least 40 seconds. And these two guys are dressed like they should be in a tag team. That's cool. I mean, these two guys, who would have thought the success they would have had at this moment in time, just mid-carders. Could you have put them at this time with... Jericho deserved a few to Goldberg, I feel, but... You know, Booker T mixing it up with kind of Hogan and Flair. Why not give the... Why for, have Flair versus Hogan for the 2800th time rather than sticking a Jericho or Booker T in there? You know, do you think how exciting that would be, having a, a Booker T versus Hulk Hogan match or something like that for the first time? Well, because it seems like they wanted the company to fail. Most of the weird thing about these two are great athletes, though, is Booker looks to go for the sunset flip for Jericho. Well, aside from these two, you've got the cruiserest part of WCW. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, you know, they do nothing with them. They're slightly fucking them up, aren't they? Take the masks, masks off everybody, like we had Juventud Guerrero. We're going to have Mysterio coming up. He's getting his push at the moment. We'll see him in action later against Lex Luger. Uh, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, what they're doing with that. And every, any popular rest they get, it seems to just completely blow away. Like Conan, like, again, I don't just mention Conan, but popular with him. Or someone like Jericho with what he was doing, his success with the Goldberg, and then just doing nothing with that. Booker T, connection with the fans, doing nothing with that. How good Chris Benoit has been recently. You DDP. Know? DDP as well, another guy who should be involved. This is it. WWE change it. Oh my God. That is rocking a moustache there, I tell you that. A massive Jericho sucks chant is going through the crowd, and Ralphus is trying to close them down, you know, trying to silence them. Well, Ralphus is his own eight-man security team. He doesn't need any help. I mean, Jericho just takes Booker T to the outside. And, you, you know, you go on to have a look at the impact Jericho made on WWE in his debut. Mm. I mean, you know, he was absolutely on top. Yeah, I think it just shows WWE's mid-card is a lot better than WWE's mid-card at this time. You know, you talk about... Uh, Godfather, respect to him, or, you know, people like that, Road Dog or X-Pac. D-Lo. Brown. But, you know, Jericho, Booker T, Benoit, they're the kind of guys that really drove WF on and would become main eventers in their own right, unlike, you know, Jeff Jack was kind of reversed, reversed of that, if you know what I mean. And that is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Indeed, yeah, but, you know, again, that is, that's probably what WCW are doing it, like, you know, they should be thinking, well, you know, we're losing the ratings war. What is it WWF are doing? What could we do? And the thing that WWF are doing is uh, they've got new guys coming through. Yeah. And they're pushing them. So they should think, you know, well, how's about we have, you know, the likes of Hogan, Nash, Hall, step aside. And we give, you know, the Booker Co's... And, and the this, Benoit's, the Guerrero's a chance to shine through. This is the thing. that They signed him up to multi-year deals. So, like, Hogan is legitimately is signed to WWE, uh, WCW 2001. That's why Goldberg didn't go straight over because he was still contracted with WCW. They've signed him for four or five-year contracts so they can sit down just to basically take the money. WCW realised that rather than getting the people like Jericho, Midcard, if they got rid of a Hogan or a Nash... Yes, it may have had a little impact and more interested WF product, but imagine Nash and Hogan and how they reacted, or how Rock and Austin reacted to them when they did come over in 2002 as well. So that would have rocked a boat, do you know what I mean? Anybody leaving here to go over to WWF would have been different. Any of the main event stars could have had their own egos. And this is why with Jericho, Booker T, Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, they had egos, but then WF kind of fed into them and said, look, if you do it for us for this amount of time, you will get your opportunity, which people argue doesn't happen in WWE now, but it did 
back in the day. You know, look at all the people, like I said, the mid-card. Even Rey Mysterio, the smallest guy on any of the rosters, got a chance in the end to, to be a main eventer, you know? It annoys me because WWE could still be going to this day. Yeah, even if they yeah. got rid of Hogan and Nash and that, <clears throat> kept your Booker T's and your undercards, then you had AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Smojo, all TM Punk coming through to 2002. You could have built off your promotion like that, you know? There's Jericho off the top. Oh, my God. Double axe, uh, axe kick to the back of Jericho's head. Booker T catches him, though, and a thunderous spine buster rolls through to... Oh! oh. Jericho managing to kick out. Oh, and a great match between Booker T and Jericho here. And Jericho is calling on the help of Ralphus, maybe. Jericho knows where he is in the ring. So brilliantly done. One man flapjack takes Booker down. Oh, and he's taunting away as Booker. Spinner Rooney's back up. Harlem's sidekick takes Y2J down. Dude, look how much the fans are into Booker T as well. No, he's going to go up maybe for that missile drop kick. Bang, hits it, sends Jericho across the ring, goes for the cover. One, two, three. Booker beats Jericho. Oh, my God. Well, Booker gets the job done. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I think it was brilliant. Again, you know, these guys, they are so underrated by the company that they are in. It is absolutely unbelievable. You know, don't get me wrong, it would take Booker T eight more years after the WWF from this point of view to be champion in WWF but you got to think to 2006 he won it didn't he yeah. oh no 99 that oh yeah you're right so whatever year I just said seven years it would take him seven years to become champion in WWE but he kind of worked his way back up and now he's a legend in WWE's own right as opposed to WCW indeed yes and uh, and so much for utilising the undercard we have got Eric Bischoff versus David, yeah, and that up. is probably the fourth yeah. best flair wrestler. Well, JJ, well, not dead, yeah. JJ Dillon is with Gene, and Scott Dickerson has been suspended. JJ wants to resolve their whole situation, situation. situation and have Hall versus Goldberg versus Bigelow tonight. JJ prattles all about Bischoff and Flair and how he's looking forward to the match tonight. Well, Gene is in the back with Rey Mysterio, and Rick offered him amnesty, and he could have given up the LWO, but Ray feels it was not time to do so. He loves the colours. Gene does not agree, so he is a douche. Ray also loves his mask. Ray does not like Lex taking off his shirt. He will not be intimidated by anyone, and he challenges Lex. So there we go. Like I said, David Flair, Eric Bischoff, the loser gets his head shaved. Can Bischoff get control back of the company if he can beat David Flair? He's making sure referee checks him. Randy Anderson... <laughs> That's not that's not that's not his name. It's just what he's doing right now. He's a bit Randy. Randy Henderson. <laughs> Macho man, Randy Henderson. Well, since yeah. Macho's come back, we haven't fucking seen him. Nope. And now we go. It's gonna be a fight. David Flair, only nineteen, and he made his debut. Sold out. Going against Easy E, and Easy E's a dangerous man. Look at those kicks. Or I push. am really annoyed by David Flair's rosy cheeks. <laughs> he seems completely not ready for it, doesn't he? And again, another strike and Bischoff. He gets a kick to the head from Bischoff and he just kind of stands there and does nothing. Well, Bischoff could have control back. If he wins, oh my God. Sweet chin music there by Bischoff. Is David Flair an actual monk? No, he's not. He's not. He's just not very good. And now Bischoff just beating him down. And now Bischoff just stepping on David Flair. And for anyone who's wondering why WCW was not a big hit, 
just go back and watch David Flair versus Eric Bischoff. Well, you say that. David Flair now. <laughs> Coming out the corner. Right hand. And he pins Eric Bischoff. And he hit him with a bag of quarters. Well, referee checked him, but he didn't have anything on him. David Flair beats Bischoff down. Bischoff's going to get his head shaved. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I have no thoughts whatsoever. Uh, oh, my God. Here come Mick Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Flair and the horseman come down, and they mess with him, and then they shave his head as he tries to act like he's knocked out. Look at that. He's grey underneath. He's dyed that hair. Flair is leaving the back with hair. Now a strip up the back and another, and then they drop him back down. They put coins on his eyelids. Bischoff wakes up and notices what happens and covers his head in horror. Oh, my God. <laughs> so embarrassing to Eric Bischoff. So embarrassing to WCW. Well, Bischoff yells at Randy Anderson, who was the ref. Now he tries to pick up pieces of his hair and put them back on with his head covered. He takes the walk of shame to the back. Jesus, Shivani is awkward. We are some funny guys, but we're having some fun. Social skills, dude. Yes, Randy and Randy Anderson handed Randy him. Randy Anderson. <laughs> Randy Anderson handed him the loaded coins. Oh, so there we go. They were in cahoots. Jericho's acting giddy about JJ being back. He shows the dress and contract and how Saturn is supposed to wear the dress at all times. Saturn comes in and Jojo and JJ reluctantly tells him, and Jericho bellows from the background telling JJ to do his job. And Saturn takes it and leaves as JJ tells Jericho to shut up. And here comes Conan. Yes! Fuck. Well, he comes down and does his thing. Orale! Let me speak on it. Me battles are going on. and NWO be for life. But me get betrayed by the Wolfpack forever. You but loved it. Here's the thing. Read this guy in the room. How are you doing? Is that him? No. He, uh, he misses the crew but then calls Nash and Luger punks. They were in cahoots in. Nash claimed he had a plan, but they tried to humiliate the K-Dog, but he represents the people and the hood, and they got him in the back in shape and helped make him. When his kid died, they were there. Seriously? That shit is sad. They know nothing about Fug Life, and they do not know where he is coming from. He will work with Goldberg or DDP or whatever, and they will toss his salad. And if Nash is never the lead wolf... The view never changes. Shit, that was actually solid. Match three is Mike Enos and Bobby Duncan Jr. versus the first family. See what I mean? Duncan comes in, gets a TV push, and then gets Enos as a partner. First family is Ming and Barbarian. It has been back and forth. I have been watching back and forth, back and forth. Let's be honest, none of them are going to win the tag titles. Oh, this is for the tag tournament. Oh, a limo arrives at the brawl, continues in the ring as all four in the ring. It's the NWA and they clear out the ring and Hall still has a stun gun. Here comes Bischoff with a hat on. Nash does his fucks up by starting out by calling the company NWO and then getting their asses kicked. Hogan corrects himself and says it's great to be here at the Silverdome and he accepts Flair's challenge for the NWO belt. Hogan makes some Hell Angels Hogan makes some Hell Angels references and Flair will get a silver stake in his heart. On to match four, and it is Disco Inferno versus Wrath. 
Ralph knocks him around with ease. Disco's got in some offense. Hall has come down. Disco takes him down and works over the leg. Ralph backdrops him and nails him with a shoulder block and a drop kick sends Disco to the floor. Back in the ring, Ralph takes him down and Hall is in the ring and he gets hung up in the ropes and so Ralph decks him. So much for the spot and Disco takes him out from behind. Ralph loses. Um, so they got a guy over and had him lose to Disco Inferno. Brilliant. Just brilliant. The Nitro girls are dancing. The Steiner comes out looking for a little romancing. Shivani from a distance tells him to leave a certain Nitro girl alone. He mocks DDP in front of Kimberly. After the break, Steiner does his thing with his sidekick, Buff. He makes fun of Saturn in a dress. Steiner calls him out and will show him how to wrestle against the real man. Match for is Scott Steiner versus Saturn. Saturn comes down and Steiner tells him there are two things from Texas. Steers and queers. They are not in Texas and he sees no whores. So Saturn clears the ring. They collide and then Saturn runs him over twice. After they get back in the ring, Saturn is tearing him up. After a springboard drop kick, he gets two. Two. Steiner back kicks him in the nuts, now strikes him with a belly-to-belly to belly suplex. Saturn is choked out and Buff lends a hand. Now a clothesline elbow drop and Saturn rolls to the floor and then gets whipped into the railing. Steiner takes an Ohio State hat from a fan and bikes it. He's from Michigan. Saturn makes a comeback and beats him down. He hammers him in the corner. He hits clotheslines and big boots. He knocks him to the floor and flings it into him. Back in the ring, he hammers him. Buff comes in and is taken out. Saturn kicks Steiner in the head again and goes for a Death Valley driver and is knocked down by Bluff. This allows Scotty to finish him with the Steiner recliner. I mean, this was a really fun match. The new guys are getting over... The new guy's getting over lose via some sort of shenanigans. No reason but to get the NWO over. Steiner needed a win, though. But still. Well, Nash, Luger and Liz come down. Nash wants to speak on this. Oil of Ole! He proceeds to mock Conan, and he knows that Conan will be pulling the curtain for the first match. He and Lex think he has no heart or soul. He points at his ass and asks how Conan thought of the view. Luger stumbles over words about Lex, and they both think she painted a great picture. Well, Lex declares his leg bigger than Rey Mysterio. In actual fact, Alex Fight's penis is bigger than Rey Mysterio. He talks about his mask and wants it. Lex is not mad, he just wants it, but if he comes to the ring, they will beat him and take off the mask. Nash tells everyone he's in the house. Steiner is going after Kimberly, talking about his body, and the Nitro girls are there too, and they want him out. Security comes in and are baffled as to why he is there and tell him to leave. Match 5, Psychosis versus Juventud Guerrero. Juve is knocked around for a minute and then his head scissors over. We go to a commercial. Psychosis power bombs him. He does not pin him and puts him in a chin lock. Juve is up but gets yanked down by his hair. Psychosis chops him a couple of times and then drop kicks him to the floor. Psychosis brings him back into a vertical suplex and gets a two count. Two! He is pissed about the count and lets him know. Juve is scooped up and slammed. He goes up and misses a flip. Juve delays going up top and does so only to leap into a drop kick. Gets two. Two. Juve grabs on him as he is hoisted up and face plants him and he gets a two count. Two. Juve runs, into, runs him into the corner, places him up top, then pounds him but is crotched by the top rope. Psychosis rocks the ropes and that sends Juve to the floor. Psychosis dives out on top of him. Back in the ring, Psychosis goes up top. Missile kicks him in the back of the head. Damn near a free count. Hoover is pulled up and tossed back, but he lands on his foot and inverted suplex. Psychosis gets two. Two. Hoover counts by driving him down and waits for him to get up and misses in the corner. 
Both tried to go up and fail. Hoover is going for the suplex but cannot get him. And Psychosis counters with a front suplex. Psychosis goes up top and hits a guillotine leg job. Well, they're mixing up the cruiserweight division, I guess. Yeah, no, and I kind of like it. But up next, it is going to be Rey Mysterio versus Lex Luger. And this is Rey Mysterio's push. It is. Luger has the mic. He's declared they tried to let him off easy, but he had to come out with a shirt and mask. If Rey gives them up, Lex will allow him to walk. So Luger is giving him one last chance. I mean, Luger must be twice his size. At least three times Rey Mysterio's size. And he's saying, Ray, this is one chance. You've got to take your shirt off, take the mask off. No. And he didn't give him a chance. Shot in the midsection. Shot in the face. And Luger, this is a different Lex Luger to the man that beat Hulk Hogan on Nitro for the world title. Remember when he gave us those moments like that, WCW, but now just completely destroyed Mysterio. Throws him into the corner. And he's completely dominating Mysterio at the moment. And Lex Luger wants his mask and a forearm shot to Ray. And now just clubbing blows by the Lex Express. I mean, you know, did they not learn what happened to Juve when he had his mask taken? Well, apparently Bischoff didn't like uh, didn't like the mask and he wanted to change it. I don't know why, when you consider that's part of the success that made it so different, would you then want to change it again? But it's like Bischoff, maybe just big single wrestlers matches are the best. We've seen no tag team division. The women's title went, you know, at its feet. We've got the Nitro girls. I know even these cruiserweights kind of been disrespected. It's it, it's kind of... They could have a competitive match, but it's WWE's booking of them, looking at them now and going, you know, well, of course, Lex Luger's going, well, of course I'll beat up Ray Mysterio easy. Yes, I know, you know, taking of masks, you don't see any, any of my guys doing it nowadays, do you? No, no, of course. That'd be a real cunty thing to do. Oh, but at least they put their mask back on, though. Do you know what I mean? They don't keep them off. Mysterio's in this. Dodges Luger. Lex Luger is selling for Rey Mysterio. Springboard, dropkick. Dropkick in the corner. Bronco buster. And now on the second rope. Lex Luger can't believe it. Mysterio on the top. Springboard, moonsault. Lovely. Goes for cover. Two. Oh, but Lex kicks out with authority. Uh, now you've got to flex as you do it, James. Uh, That's better. Lex Luger reversing the Irish rip to Mysterio. Oh, but catching him with a power slam. And Lex Luger just beating down Mysterio. Oh, and now Nash is making his way to the ring. Oh, big sexy coming out here, charting along Lex Luger, cheering him on. Well, the NWO black and white wanted Luger as part of their group, and they kind of got what they wanted in a weird way, because he is partnering up with Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell now. Of course, Kevin Nash, he needs help. But Mysterio now is going to be suplexed by Lex Luger. A delayed vertical suplex plants him. And Lex just shown his power. He's going to do like a one-arm pin or something like that, isn't he? You know, Luger completely disrespecting Rey Mysterio. And Nash directing traffic wants Luger to pick up Mysterio, slam him again. And again, the power of Luger just pressing Rey Mysterio above his head. Gorilla press, and he could throw him into the third row if he wanted to. At least the fifth row. And Rey Mysterio must have fallen from about 8 foot there. Well, at least 12 foot in the air. Luger's going to take the mask off of Rey. Is Lex Luger out of breath already? All he's done is like stand there. <laughs> Took one offensive move and now Mysterio fighting back. Well, as Luger tried taking the mask, that fired Mysterio up. Well, the biggest sign of disrespect to the Mexican heritage. And Mysterio drop kicked to the knee of Lex. 
flying forearm. Irish whip sends Lex into the corner. Follows it up and he's just perched on Luger. Wailing away with a big right hand. Oh. But Lex with an inverted atomic drop. Bang. Smash him across the face with that elbow. And I think Lex Luger's not playing around anymore. Luger's saying, now we take the mask off. But again, Rey Mysterio, as soon as Luger goes after that mask, he fights back with everything that he's got. Getting into the ring. There is no need for Kevin Nash there to get involved. A huge sidewalk slam. Well, Mysterio wins by DQ. But I don't think he's going to win the war. The fans on their feet. Because wouldn't it be great if if Goldberg came out now and speared Kevin Nash and Lex Luger and said to Nash, you're next. But instead, they're going to take the mask off of Ray. And Ray, to his credit, is Again, fighting off two. Fighting back. Two of the biggest men in WCW. Takes down Nash. Oh, but Luger again stops it. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Ray's in trouble. Oh. Powerbomb with ease from Nash. And now, I don't think this is it. They're looking to rack Ray Mysterio. And why would you just destroy Ray Mysterio like this? And they've just ragdolled him over his shoulders now. Just throws him off and Nash is not happy. And where is someone to help him? Here he goes, Conan! Conan's got respect. Comes running down with a chair, clears the ring. Yeah. Makes Uh-oh. Nash and Luger run like bitches. Don't throw your chair at Nash and then you haven't got a weapon. Well, Conan is bowdy bowdy. I never thought I'd be happy to see Conan. But <laughs> to be fair, at least someone came out, stood up to the wolf pack. And Kevin Nash mocking Conan. Oh, God. But not a bad angle there, I suppose. It sets up Conan, annoyed with the wolf pack as well. So, uh, I'm, I'm not too uh, unhappy about that. Mysterio had a lot more offence than I thought, Dan. What are your thoughts? Indeed, yes. Um, it does set up some very good angles. And, yeah, Mysterio did get in a lot more offence than one would have thought. Yes. Well, up next, it's Scott Hall versus Bam Bam versus Goldberg. So, rather than having the next pay-per-view, they're going to have it right now tonight. Oh, my God. I fast forward like two minutes and he's still coming down to the... <laughs> literally it's like two and a half minutes so yeah Goldberg was kind of screwed last night well not really I mean he did take he, he got attacked by Disco and Bam Bam and, and Scott Hall even though he lost the match was the last person standing and he's coming out with that taser and I take it Disco has kind of earned his way into the wolf pack I think he has really you know look at helped out Nash at Starcade, helped out Hall last night as well here we go, waiting for Goldberg to come out. Oh, Goldberg come out in the fireworks. you got to love Goldberg, at least he's trying, bless him. He's recovered in 24 hours though, hasn't he? He has, yes, his uh, left knee looks a lot better. Mm. He's oh, his head's still busted over His head's though. still busted, yeah, and he I looked behind him. the door. He looked behind him, though, to make sure Bam Bam wasn't attacking him. Everybody's out for a piece of Goldberg. But the fans are still here, even after the finger poke of doom, to see Goldberg get revenge on the NWO. It's as simple as that, really. Well, you know, in an ideal world, he'd get revenge on the man who tased him properly. He'd get revenge on Bam Bam Bigelow. And, you know, this is hopefully killing two birds in one nitro. (laughs) Exactly. So I hope that's done. Kevin Ash should be the next target. At Super Bowl. Oh, but Bam Bam comes down. He's obviously got bones to pick with Scott Hall as well after Hall tased him. Well, Scott Hall was beating Bam Bam Bigelow as well, so... Is the enemy of my enemy my friend? Well, these two bald-headed warriors will be teaming up right now. 
And that might come back to hurt uh, the Wolfpack here. Bam Bam and Goldberg teaming up. Scott Hall is getting the shit kicked out of him. And Goldberg and Bam Bam are in uh, are on the same page at the moment. They're not Diamond Dallas, who has not been seen for a little while tonight. And they're making Scott Hall maybe people feel a little bit sorry for him. That Goldberg should be the number one guy. And Goldberg is getting chance even a few minutes after this match has started. And Scott Hall caught out, and now it's Bam Bam and Goldberg. Might be the best thing to happen to Scott Hall falling out of the ring. Now these two men just brawling. So has Goldberg kind of got to start from the beginning now? Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? As he kicks down Bam Bam. Goes for the cover, but Hall in to break it up. I'd love for someone to, you know, Bischoff to be in place and say, right, Goldberg, you have to do this to get that. We don't know, do you know what I mean? We obviously know Goldberg wants his title back, but, you know, it's like the Royal Rumble. Austin has to win the Rumble to get to WrestleMania. That makes sense. Yeah. What does Goldberg have to do, you know? <laughs> Even if Hogan was to come beat every NWA member before you face me, at least that would be a storyline leading up to the point of Goldberg versus Hogan again. Indeed, yeah. Bam Bam Irish whipped into the corner. Goldberg's been dominating at the moment. He's got Scott Hall now. Stacking them both up in the corner. <laughs> oh, my days. Spears, both of them. Now, that is what's impressive about Goldberg. Now, what happens after the double spear, Dan? Well, James, we get a double jack him up and a double hammer him down. Well, he's got Bam Bam, but Scott Hall's up and he stops the jackknife. Jack hammer. Jack hammer. And now Scott Hall going for the suplex, but Goldberg blocks it. Picks him up. Jackhammer on Hall. Goes for the cover, One, Brian Adams. Two. And a disqualification. Perfect's yeah. down. Vincent's down. It's a B team. Horace Hogan, Stevie Ray, all getting taken out by Goldberg. And Goldberg's doing quite well to clear house. To be fair, it is a B team. He should be struggling against these. Uh-oh. Well, we've got a couple of A-team members now. We've got Nash, Hollywood, Scott Steiner, Buff Bagwell. And just beating down on Goldberg. My There's about God. ten members of the NWO there. There's just too many of them. Lex Luger's At back down. 12. But Ric Flair and it... the rest of the four horsemen come down. Finally come out to help. Crowd going crazy about it as well. Flair wants a bit of Hogan. Mongo gets hold of Stevie Ray. I've never been happy to see Mongo before now. James, what is going on I with know. you? And the NWO's running away with the horseman. Double A's in there with a the crowbar. Tyron. Tyron, crowbar's the same. I think he wants Hogan, though, but Hall's stopping him. And this is exactly what we want to see the good versus the bad here on Nitro. Well, six members. Or five members of the Four Horsemen and Goldberg chasing off 10 to 12 members of the NWO. And look at Flair chasing down the limo of Hogan, who's gone. And I tell you something, oh God, Flair's got it. As we end, and that's not a bad end to Monday Nitro, is it? It's not, no. It does make you want to tune in and see what happens next. Yeah, and the face is finally on top. Why don't they do it all the time? I don't know. But again, it just doesn't really make... A lot of sense. Uh, but we move on now, and it's the last episode of Monday Night Raw. It is January 18th, episode 295. Well, Raw is steamrolling right now. The ratings remain a huge fall of a 5.3 and a 5.8. Nitro fell each hour again from a 5.9 
to a 4.5, 4.3 for around a 4.5 average. Well, Michael Cole welcomes Austin back. He tells Austin that he's number one in the Rumble. Austin wants to talk about Vince pissing himself when Mankind won the title. Mankind is tough and deserving, but when the bell rings at WrestleMania, Austin will be right there. He knows that this could be his last shot at the WF belt, as well as a $100,000 bounty. Everyone will be looking for him, but that will never happen. Well, Vince becoming the 30th man bit him on the arse. He wants a hell yeah if the crowd wants him to beat Vince's arse all night long. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! They really do. Also, if they want him to win the Royal Rumble, they do. Austin repeats that he's going to whip Vince's ass and win the Rumble. Well, he stands at the announce table and drinks the beer, and the fans are fucking having puppies right now. Austin is mega over. He is indeed, yes. And Road Dog is gathering stuff to face Gangrel in a hardcore match. And match one is Road Dog versus Gangrel for the hardcore title. And Road Dog calls himself a vampire slayer tonight. Gangrel comes down and assaults him, but Road Dog turns the tide and beats on him. Around the outside of the ring. He gets a couple of two counts. Two, two. And they briefly fight in the stands. A table is brought in the ring and Gangface bashed into the table. Well, the table is set up and Road Dog softens him up for the table, but he's uppercut in the nuts and powerbombed into the table. But he's slowed to cover and only gets two. Two. Gangra hauls him up but gets nailed with DDT into the broken table. Road Dog goes out and sets up another table. He gets back in the ring. Gangra greets him with some shots to the head. With some sort of pan. Now back on the floor of a plastic trash can, the road dog comes back with a flurry and paces him back on the chair. He elbows in from the apron, but the table barely budges. So now a double leg drop from the apron, and that bends the table. Now an elbow drop from the top rope, and that finally breaks the table. Yay! Road dog whips him into the part of the table, and suplexes on the top of it. Gangro eats the chair to the head, and now road dog leaps the apron and kills him with another shot to the head. Jesus. Gangrel is vying for the European title at the pay-per-view and yet gets dismantled quite easily. Austin is drinking beer in the back. Now to Shamrock lacing up his boots. Billy Gunn versus Test. Test, yeah, that is Test. Well, Billy Gunn claims he is beating Shamrock for the IC title at the pay-per-view and they can all suck it. A slow start. Test just works him over around the ring. Gunn suplexes him and then leaps across the ring, striking him with an elbow drop from the top. Gunn takes him to the corner and hammers him. Test counters and brawls and the brawl heads to the floor. Gunn knocks him into the steps, rams his head into them too. Test gets his throat hot-shotted off the top rope. Well, Test turns into a backdrop attempt into a swing and net breaker. And then Test powerbombs him and gets two. Two. Gunn kicks him and he has for a power driver, but his back suplex. Test telegraphs the backdrop and is now with a rocker dropper, or famouser. He's now with a famouser. Shamrock runs down and dismantles Gunn and Test leaves. A bit baffled. Well, it was a decent bit of back and forth. Gunn gets his face driven into the announce table and then the barricade right behind it. <clears throat> now he has Gunn in the ankle lock and beats for the hell of it. He has the bell hammer and is pacing around in anger. The fans taunt him as he threatens them. Well, yeah, checking out his ankle and back as he screams. Well, Jeff Jarrett, that is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, and Owen are the number one contenders for the tag titles. I mean, it's almost as bad as WCW as to how they're treated. Now, Shamrock and Bossman beat those two up. Damn, Shamrock is out of control. Actually, interesting in a long while. 
More Vince and Shane training. Vince is talking smack, claiming he's ready being number two. Two. He goes to get himself some. He's training, beating up some dudes in the ring and talking trash. Taking out some more randoms as Shane talks trash in the megaphone. Well, Bossman is beating Mankind now in the back. And out of door as Mankind grunts. <laughs> Bossman is pounding the kidneys and thrusts him over some chairs. This is getting a bit triple X rated here. Mm. Mankind fires back and our bossman runs into the cameraman. Match four is down the mustache seven versus Steve Blackman. They are just punching and kicking back and forth. Steve is knocked down and a sluggish looking mustache misses an elbow drop or dorp. Steve runs him over <laughs> with a shoulder tackle. Dan nuts him and then chokes him out. DQ. Yeah, it's pretty damn dull. He will not let go of the sleeper, Dragon. Dragon sleeper. It's dragging on. It is dragging on. Well, Austin is sli- still slugging beers in the back. Mankind and Bossman are still fighting in the back. Mankind runs into a chair and is not back to the door and they continue brawling. Rock is in a parking lot discussing how great he is and how Mankind will get beat at the Rumble in front of the millions and millions of the Rock's fans. Mankind does the same kind of promo from the boiler room. And match five is Mankind versus the Big Bossman. As if we haven't seen enough of them yeah. fighting tonight, we get a match. Yeah, but the brawl was spilled out towards the ring and down, battering him the entire way. Bossman eats some steps and is paddled against the barrier. Inside the ring, we finally get the bell and Bossman greets an incoming Mick with some hard rights and stuns him into the corner. Bossman whips him to the opposite one and squashes him there. Then the big man is <laughs> laid out and Mankind drops the leg, get the two. Two. Mankind rocks him back into the ropes with a series of blows. Bossman goes down and loses a tooth after the run underneath from Mankind. Mankind pulls him out over the apron and knocks him to the floor with an elbow shot to the throat. Bossman is put in a chair and hammered. Jesus. Bossman picks up Mankind and back suplexes his head right into the chair. Bossman brings him back into the ring and beats on him some more. Before going back to work, dropping him with a right, he rams him into... He rams him, he rams him with his knees in the corner. Mankind starts firing back, but it's whipped into the corner. But the back of his head knocks down both. Mankind and Bossman exchange blows, and Bossman is clotheslined. And Mankind's up first and preps Socko. Mankind has it applied. Here comes a rock. Rock clobbers Mankind with a chair and leaves. Well, it was a bloody good brawl between them two guys. Uh, the Rock is at the announce table, claiming he's going to make the son of a bitch say, "I quit." He goes back after him and the rock bottoms him right into a steel chair. Well, here comes Mark Henry and China wants to tell the truth as Henry's mother is there and she threatens to humiliate him. He starts to talk. I guess he did nothing with China. She shows the footage of Henry in the back getting some loving from Sammy and some pecs and it starts to go... And she starts to go down on him and he finally realises that Sammy is a man and he runs off screaming and throwing up. And people wonder why WCW failed. I mean, coming up against storylines like this... Well, China tells him that she would never have sex with him and nuts him. Henry's mum is not too happy and grabs his ear, gently leading him off. Um, China is actually more manly than Sam. Oh, come off it. Pats, I've seen the videos of China. Patterson and Briscoe talk about some accolades they have received in the past. And match six is Al Snow versus Goldust. Well, Goldust hammers him, but Snow counters with a back suplex and a backdrop. Goldust is in the corner, getting pounded. And then he's whipped front first into the corner and clotheslined. Snow Snow goes out and yells for head and Goldust comes as Al dropped head first onto the steps. Back in the ring, Goldust kind of stands there, dizzard into a roll-up for two. Two. Now Goldust uppercuts him, getting two. Two. 
Goldust knocks him around and gets two, two after a slam. Goldust runs him down and chokes him out with his boots. Snow makes a comeback, trips him up and rolls him up for the win. Goldust slips up but eats a few headbutts. Al hammers him some more and the ref gives him back head and that calms down Al. So the ref gave Al Snow head. He did. Okay. Um, well, Lawler asked a question. No one knows. Why did, Goldust, why did Goldust take head in the first place? No idea. Well, Snow Low is now a spinebuster and now shattered dreams. He takes head again and leaves. Austin is still lurking in the back. Pats and Briscoe still confirming in the back and they argue about what Vince said in dealing with China. Well, Midian is now down at the announce table talking nonsense. Cue Undertaker. Midian goes to bow in front of him as the Undertaker takes his seat as some sort of throne. And now he babbles nonsense. Holy fuck, this is stupid. The fans are silent. Taker is telling us about another sacrifice and our world is rotting and all sorts of stupid shit. All this to tell us that he will be in the Rumble. And match seven is China versus Patterson and Briscoe. They argue back and forth and Patterson tells him to go ahead and start off against her. Briscoe takes her down with a waist lock, but she reverses it. He barely gets to the ropes. Patterson gets in the ring and jaws at her for a bit. She bends his fingers and returns the favour. Patterson puts her in an aeroplane spin. He puts her down and is woozy. Briscoe shoves him away, but is given an atomic drop. Patterson is beaten and whipped into Briscoe. Well, Pat goes for a low blow and she is baffled. She nuts both men and holds their balls. Briscoe and Patterson argue, but they shove China off the apron. Here comes Sable for some reason, and she gets attacked by Luna. So much for that. She is whipped with a strap, and now I guess they're having a strap match. Briscoe brings her in and elbow. Patterson does not allow him to pin her after, and Briscoe does the same. China is up and cracks her skulls together, and Patterson is mounted and pounded. China gets powder in the eyes, and Briscoe plays with her boobs. She ducks the clothesline, jots both with one. She straddles and beats Patterson. She DDTs both of them and pins them. And again, people are wondering why WCW didn't beat WWF in the ratings. Yeah. Well, it was way too long, but at least some comment relief, And eh? Austin is pacing in the... Kane is talking about Kane to the Rock in the loony bin. Vince agrees that Kane is a retard and Kane will do what he tells him. Rock is happy that this will be an easy smackdown. And that is match eight, and it is Rock versus Kane. Kane! So the Ro- Vince McMahon is saying to the Rock, just a finger point, finger poke of doom, Kane is going to go down. Well, he's not necessarily using them words. He just says, look, just poke him in the chest. Go down and get the victory. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I've, I've seen something ah. like that before. And Kane is being told, don't. Don't do anything stupid and rock talking smack. And can I just point out that test, test, this is test. is wearing a t-shirt that says, guns don't kill people, I kill people. So he is saying he's a murderer. And Kane just told Vince to do one. Oh, and the rock goes down low, takes down the Kane's leg. All four members of the corporation, Shamrock, Test, Bossman and the rock, all beating away at Kane. Well, Kane shouldn't have tried to think he's better than the corporation. Well, corporate Kane's getting a beating now. They want Austin coming out, but I don't think they're going to get him. The rock saying no, Smackdown. He wants to lay the smackdown on Kane's candy ass on his own. Well, we're only six days away from the Royal Rumble and The Rock wants a piece of Kane. Well, the bell's rung. We're getting The Rock, who's dressed up to go out. 
and he's beating down on Kane. We know how destructive the big red machine is. But will he play play by the rules? I mean, you know, he is getting threatened with going back to the loony bin. Well, that's true. And okay, now, no matter what happens in this one, he's backed up into a corner. Oh, but now Kane grabs the rock by the throat, throws him into the corner, starts wailing away at him. Huge uppercuts. Upper what? Irish whip, goes for the clothesline, rock dodges it. Kick to the midsection, plants Kane with a deep. Well, that was impressive there by the rock. Uh-oh. Oh, well, not as impressive as Kane sitting up pretty much straight away. And then the rock eliminates Kane from the rumble, but he lands on his feet. And now he's getting in in Tess's face. Here comes the rock again. The rock showing, like I said, more aggressive side. Bringing a fight to Kane. And the announce table there as well. And Kane, oh my God. Head first into the announce table. Now the rock getting the microphone. And the rock saying he's going to send him to the Smackdown Hotel. But Kane sat up. King's trying to tell the rock. Oh, Kane grabs hold of the rock by the throat. Oh my God. Oh, but the rock with a kick to the nuts. <laughs> well, he said the rock kicked Kane between the damn legs and it felt like the rock was kicking a damn pillow. And it's been all rock. Sending Kane into Barry Cade. And now Kane getting sent back in. I think it's the difference between Nitro and Roy. It feels like Roy, you get enough time, even though it might not, you know, it might minute-wise it might not be, but you're feeling you're getting to see this match, even though you weren't scheduled to see it. And now Kane's back in with the Rock of Rock laying a smackdown, but not having that much effect. Well, the Rock hitting Kane with everything he's got, but I think that's just pissing off the big red machine. And now Kane with the right hands. It's like the man's are watching a game of tennis at the moment, the Rock being sent from pillar to post. Oh, with the Rock trying to reverse it. Kane ducks under a clothesline attempt. Oh, my God. Kane now is going to try and tombstone the Rock. No, the Rock with a backslide, though, and again with a low blow. Clotheslines Kane down. And now are we going to see it? A corporate elbow. The most electrified move in sports today. We've just seen the corporate eyebrow. Bang. And the corporate elbow. And now the Rock taking his time. He's a cocky son of a bitch. Oh! Well, as he was mocking over Kane, Kane grabs Rock by the throat, loads him up for the choke slam. And Kane's going to beat the Rock. No, Test up in the apron. Test! Oh! Kane choke slams Test into the ring. And Shamrock in and sent out with a punch, and now Bossman and Kane trading. Rocks back to his feet, and then, and the corporate team beating him down. Hey, mankind comes down now eh, with steel chair in hand. WWF champ, chair oh. shot to Test, chair shot to Bossman. The man's can't believe it, and the Rock and Mankind will face off an I quit match at the Royal Rumble. Days, and the Rock's walking off. He thinks he's got one up on Mankind. But the rattlesnake appears behind him. <laughs> oh. And Mankind with a chair shot to the back of Rock. And Austin's appearance, for a brief, 
has been put in. You know what I mean? It's been taken down at Mans each and every time. Look at that screenshot there. Indeed, yes. You know, the past, even though Austin is injured, and the past three Raws, I mean, you, you've had a brief appearance of Austin, but every single time, it's been an absolute perfect showing yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, they've really knocked out of the park. You can see they're getting strength to strength. The crowd is there. The story's there. I cannot wait. Even though I've seen the Royal Rumble 1999, uh, more times probably than any other pay-per-view in, in my life. I'm still looking forward to watching it. And, of course, that will be our next uh, podcast. Uh, that's the end of part one for us now. But what a month we have planned on the WNR podcast, Dan. Honestly, this is unbelievable. This is January, everybody. So the WNR NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool will be watching the... Pre- we'll have a live pre-show for you probably about six or seven o'clock depending on when the show starts and we might even bring you a live after show for the first time as well depending on the event but what else have we got Dan? we have wnr 200 and that's going to be live as well yeah i mean what a show and you've been working on that haven't you i've been working on it i've been going back through pretty much everything we've done from 2015 all the way up until this year well last year should i say 2018 and, you know, I've been trying to find some funny moments, some outrageous calls that we've made, some really weird statements and, you know, trying to find the origins of everything yeah. as well. And it is going to come together for hopefully a very good show. And that will be the start of our, our huge weekend because we'll have uh, NXT take well on the Saturday night. That will be. Yes. And then the following night, the Sunday night, we have the WNR Royal Rumble kickoff live as well. Yeah, and those are just the live ones. We're going to bring you WWE Network Review for, for the month as well. And of course, like I said, the Royal Rumble 99 coming up. All right, so what a huge weekend we have got next weekend for you, starting on the Friday, which will be the 11th of January. We'll be catching up with NXT UK and doing 10 episodes of that before uh, our live show of NXT TakeOver on the Saturday night, of course. And then on Sunday, we'll bring you the Raw Rumble 1999, which should be massive. That's all next weekend. We'll let you know. Don't forget to t- tell us what you think about the NXT TakeOver events, WWE vs. WCW 1998, or anything about the year-end predictions. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at WWE Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John School Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms, WNet Review on Google+. Send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook yes Facebook you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast or you can come and find me and add me as a friend I am Vince McDan. subscribe to our YouTube channel WWE Network Review podcast We've got all the clips on there podcasts go up on YouTube at the same time as do other places like SoundCloud on your phone Speaker Radio we'll have all our live shows Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download rate and review there but that is it for our first episode of 2019 like you say we have a shitload more to come I have been James Rowlands and as always always joined by Dan the Prediction King White thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week bye bye